All right, here we are again. It's Rad's Basement, Episode 9. Now, you may remember in Episode 7, I had on this fella, uh, Coop, I think his name was. And then in Episode 8, I had on another fella that you know very well, named Mike Vallis. And uh, both times, in both episodes, we had said, you know, next time... Next time we were together, or you know, one an upcoming episode, we should talk about this this topic, this very specific topic. And um, you know, it happened episode seven, happened episode eight. It came up both episodes. We said we should talk about this topic, and we're finally going to get to it now. I said, you know what? Why why keep talking about it? Why not just do it? So we got together, and we're going to talk about Dragon Ball. Oh hell no! We're not here. No, I'm out. Peace. He's out. I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to be slowly <laughs> drafted into Dragon Ball, but yeah, poor Coop, he's, he's checked out. He's already, yeah. he's already walking. I thought, yeah. I, I thought sure it was Dragon Ball. No, it's the other D, Doctor Who. We're going to talk about Doctor Who today. So if you don't like Doctor Who, uh, you know, you may not get a lot out of, out of this episode. But also, if you've never seen Doctor Who, you may get a lot out of this episode because you might uh, want to go check it out and you might think it's uh, a pretty cool show like we do. So, uh it's Rad's Basement, the podcast where nerds never a bad word. So we're definitely going to nerd out today uh, about Doctor Who. And uh, with me today, as I mentioned, is uh, Coop, who you remember from Episode 7. My agent said this is a paying gig. Yeah. It's paying. Yeah. Paying. Is, is, did he say that? That's what he told me. Who is your agent? Same guy that was my parole officer, but now that I'm off parole, he's my agent. Is his name Denny? It's D. Smith. <laughs> you got ripped off, D. sir. D. Smith. Uh, also with me today is... Uh, Mike Vallis. Yes. Again, this is number four for you, man. <clears throat> this is number four. Yeah. As you said, I'm a veteran at yeah, this now. You've, yeah. You're old salt. Old, old, uh, old hat. You've been, you've been old around. Hat yeah, four episodes. You've been around, uh, yeah, four, four episodes now. I'm extremely but, flattered that you invited me back. Yeah. So, oh, it's like, man. These are always a blast. Yeah, so. dude. It, it, we always I'm have. doing mine without an agent. I'm doing mine for free. So, yeah. <laughs> This, yeah, so... Uh, but then yeah. again, if your agent's Denny, that's not a kind of a free head on to deal with. We so. always wondered what happened to him. Yeah, we, people have asked. It's, a, it's, it's been a curiosity what, uh, what you know, whatever uh, whatever became of Denny. I guess now we know now. He became... I thought you just released him back into the wild. I just... <laughs> <laughs> Put up the cage and said, go! Took the bell off. <laughs> so, so uh, this is... Kind of whimpered a, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, last time I remember, he had no tongue when yeah, I saw Yeah, I, I have a vague recollection of... Uh, of yeah, I don't know how far he gets. He's blind, too. Isn't right, so, I mean, yeah. So I, I, I was constantly amazed... Higher senses at that yeah, point. Yeah, I, I was constantly amazed that, that uh, Denny was a functional uh, uh, human being at, at many points. But, uh, yeah, now we're on to uh, Doctor Who. Um, why, why? Why? Why Doctor Who? Why do we like Doctor Who? What is it about this silly British... Uh, blue box show for me it was the flip past it on channel 11 late at night <laughs> and go what the hell is this and and try to tune into it and realize that it's part two of seven or something and i i can't i'm like i even when i would try i couldn't get into it so i'm like i'm curious why do we like doctor who what is it about doctor who that first attracted you guys and i would ask you guys this because you were into the classic doctor who whereas i wasn't it actually uh, coop is credited at, yeah. at, to getting me into doctor who but not via the old show because no, no, there's, no, there's no, just yeah, right. there's just no dang way mm, no just, I, I can't, I can't <laughs> you know I can't. like i i, I still before. say it's a matter of just showing you the right episodes though I've yeah. tri- i've tried that which ones did you show them? uh genesis of the daleks 
I think yeah, that's, no, a, that's a, it is a it's a fairly good, but that's a longer one. Well, I would have gone with too because mm-hmm. you you're Sarah Jane, the and, Daleks, and you're also right exactly. You're taking Davros. elements from the new, showing you the origins in the old. Mm-hmm. With the in my arguably my opinion, I, that is a very doctor. good choice. I would have I would have made that the second. My first I actually usually give people is actually a City of Death. Okay. Uh, mostly because it's a very funny script. It's limited on the amount of TARDIS in there. It's mostly location. And right. it's also a script written by Douglas Adams. Oh, yeah. Which so you can't go really wrong with that. Exactly. It's a, it's a great script. Um, it's shorter. Um, so and is, also, is he a noted writer for classic? Who is that? Did, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to, to the, the Galaxy. Oh, sorry. What okay. the hell? I, you're, you're officially fired from I, Brad's wait, basement. The, I, I'm walking out for a second time. Dragon yes. Ball, I, you, you got me back after Dragon Ball, but now you don't know Doug. Uh, yeah. yeah, what the heck? For I some was re- gonna say, we ran into this before, <laughs> didn't we? Hitchhiker's guy. There was something with you. You. This is not the first time you've gotten mad at me for not knowing. For, for a rich. Oh yeah, because we you didn't know you didn't get the reference for forty two. The number that, forty two. That's that was the one. I knew there was. I, I'm like, this is not the first time I've gotten in trouble for this, and I. I lost nerd cred the last that time. That is classic nerd cred. That's yeah. right. I do remember we discussed that. Yeah. They didn't so, know. Uh, here again, here we are again. I lost it, you know, even more. So. That, like, this is you, strike two. You're going to have strike three, <laughs> sir. It's time you fulfilled yourself, filled your in with self with uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. Book, not movie. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah the movie was god awful. Yeah, it's, when it's, you re- when you remind me, then I remember. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. But it's not something that's like that lives in my brain for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Hey, you I, are building up some enemies because you still got that Gandalf guy. That we talked about in our podcast. That's right. Yeah, standing outside waiting for something with the pitchforks, <laughs> all because <laughs> yep, of the torches and dislike yeah. of Lord of the Rings. So. They're out there. Yeah. Well, they're yeah they're mad now. They're, they're mad about this. They're, they're also building. well. There's many of them too that are there. Just they have just uh, stop stop Dragon Ball signs. They hold. <laughs> just stop talking about Dragon Ball. There are many people holding those signs. As yeah, well. that's what I have to go do when I'm done with this. So. Yeah, I like the little girl. Uh, although I like the little girl out there with the sign that says "I like signs" and has a little pink heart on it. <laughs> I don't know why she's there, but she's I, there. Hey, it's cute. It, it's yeah. It, it adds to the atmosphere. The so, the growing number of people against my podcast. So, <laughs> so um, uh, for me, Doctor Who. Uh, what brought me into classic series Doctor Who? Uh, I could tell a little long tale about that. Uh, I was uh, sick one night as a child, and it was you know my mom, you know, she's taking care of me. I was laying on the couch, and we were up late. And as you know, Coops mentioned in the last podcast. Uh, in the Chicagoland area, it aired here on public access television, Channel 11. Yeah. Um, and it aired 11 at night on Sundays. And so it was that night, and she just happened to have PBS on at the time. And I watched specifically the episode Androids of Tara. Mm-hmm. So, so you had the good fortune of tuning in in a part one episode. Because yes. that, that was always my problem. Whenever I would see it, well, I, would, I, I, I would never say I didn't even give it a try. I'm like, okay, it looks like crappy, like soap opera stuff. It's like well, you're talking about how the, how it was filmed in there too, yeah. which I could answer because it was actually filmed at 60 frames a second oh, in England. So wow. that's why it has that weird look to it. Yeah. That was filmed in 60 frames. Actually, all of them were except for the Hartnell era ones, which got uh, released in uh, throughout the world as 30 frames a second. Because they actually uh, duplicated them that way. They originally filmed and aired in 60 in England. Okay. But all the black and white ones were then, when they were duplicated for overseas, were done 30. Since then, in technology, they've actually remastered them into 60. But anyways, that's a whole other subject. Oh, wow. Uh, trust me, I can get way into geeky with uh, <laughs> classic on there. Uh, but for me, uh, it was this goofy guy 
who was very different than I've ever, who did anything completely different. In that episode, he shirked authority with humor. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, he was just flippant. Like, he was like, at that time, it was a key to time story. I wasn't that familiar with it. So, who's the doctor? Fourth doctor, Tom Baker. Okay. So, he was my first. Uh, and, like, you know, so he's this guy wearing this ridiculous scarf. And I just remember the scene where he's just like laying there with his, his, his hat and he's, he shirked this mission to go fishing. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I thought this was this great thing. I was in school, I was picked on and stuff like that. So to see this man being so flippant and doing yeah. everything that, like, it really attached to me. Plus, I loved his love of science yeah. and just he used his mind to do things. Mm -hmm. And it really grabbed onto me. Another thing I often said, and I didn't even realize this later on in life, is uh, I, I've mentioned this before, and it's not, it sounds more sad than it actually is. I never grew up with grandparents. Hmm. So the only memory I have of my grandfather is quite literally his funeral. Okay. <laughs> and I have often said uh, Doctor Who had become my grandfather <laughs> that I never had. Yeah. So just how he, I learned a lot of my morality from Doctor Who, just mm. how he taught the you know the, the 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 purpose of science and thought and the humor that came off of how, and like how he would deal with authority, how he would deal with that kind of to, to be the rebel and it's okay to be different yeah. was the biggest thing that I dropped I, I learned from him and that's what really drew me to him. Mm. So well, there's a lot of social parallels there that I never even really. Gave much thought to. Valid, though. Very, absolutely. It makes <laughs> I'm sense. giving when you food for thought. Well, when you say it, it makes sense. Like, I can see where you got that out of it. It makes complete sense. Um, for me, personally, um, it, it goes back to the same group of people. Well, specifically one guy that introduced me to Star Wars. Mm -hmm. uh, the older guy named Charlie that lived in my neighborhood also got me into Doctor Who. Now, again, there was that uh, four- to five-year age difference. Um, so he was already into things that I hadn't even heard of, this being one of them. Um, he was recording them on Sunday nights, I believe. And I, cause he had a few, but he didn't have like the monster library that other people have acquired over which, time. Which I did eventually. Right. So <laughs> and between but, my and my brother, cause my brother actually got into it. Like, like I saw that episode and I wanted to keep watching, but I couldn't, but then my brother started recording them mm -hmm. and then I kind of got into it with him. He fell out and I just continued with it then. So, yeah, okay. And uh, but yeah, we then we started eventually over years of we were recording and actually yeah, I managed to get those uh, recordings. But go ahead. Well, the, the difference for me is um, I like I would spend my summer with my grandparents, and he lived like literally like four doors down. So one summer he had on tape he had Pyramids of Mars. That was my first mm. episode. That's so, a good one to get into. Yeah, I, I like that one. I still to this is that day Tom Baker too. It is, yep, okay. it is. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, and I and I could be, and if Mike knows, he can correct me. Um, the, the way that Channel Eleven ran it, and maybe it's just the timing of when he jumped in and when I jumped in. Could this very well could be around the same time because we're all the same age? But Channel Eleven ran them all eventually, but they ran them in order, and yes, because they, they broke them down the way they did, it took. A long time to come back around yeah and i'll get back to that in a minute no, there was a lot of stories that they had to cover because right. they originally just had the third the fourth and i believe the fifth doctor at that time yeah at that time they didn't get the sixth or the seventh at that time and then eventually when it started really getting popular they picked up the uh, what they had what had available of the first and the second doctor then, right so so they they went in an, in an order and because like you said how you would ray would come in with parts um in the middle it took a long time to get all the way back around. But that must have been during the third Doctor, I would suggest, because in the fourth Doctor, there were mostly four 
part episodes in England. They were four part. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was actually explaining to Cooper earlier, the way Channel 11 broke it down, if it was four part episode, they would run it one night for about an hour and a half to two hours. It was one movie. I mean, that's how I recorded it. If it was more than four episodes, usually between uh, the Hurtley era, the third Doctor, the fourth Doctor, they were doing, uh, th- um, particularly in the third Doctor, they did six-part episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, those they would break down, and they would do three episodes one night, three episodes another night. And those... Is this from memory that you're recalling this? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, and multiple, multiple, multiple watchings, yeah, of course, I too. So. Yeah, yeah. so that's how I learned it. But, yeah, we watched it, you know, when Coop and I, when, when we watched it, it was all together as one, usually stories, unless it was a six-parter, then they would release this, too. Uh, to be really nerdy, there was one particular story in the Second Doctor era that was uh, the War Games, the final episode for Patrick Trout and the Second Doctor. Mm-hmm. That actually spanned ten episodes. Oh, jeez. And so they had to break that up into three nights in, uh, when they aired it over See, here. See, and that was my problem with the show. Who knows? I, I may have gotten into it if I had found a part one anywhere, you know, but... It yeah, seemed, both of ours were a part one. Yeah, it one seemed like ones, every time yeah. I went past it, um, like first of all, it was this crappy videotape, soap opera looking bad, cheesy it, special. It just looked cheesy, thing. but you know, there's only like five channels, <laughs> and you're a kid. There's that nothing. Is true. There's nothing else going on. It's probably I, back where you still had a UHF dial. Yeah, so I'm, I've been through the whole dial. There's nothing else. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna look at this stupid thing and try and figure out what the hell it is. But okay, it's at the beginning, but I still don't know what's going on. You know, because I like sometimes I would tune in like right in the middle. Okay, so I missed the beginning. Mm-hmm. But then there would be times when okay, it's the only thing on. I'm going to look at this. Okay, it's the beginning of the show. This is the opening of the show. Oh, part two of something or part five of something. I'm like, oh, well, I don't. You know. Well, and as as I mentioned, and when we talked about it when I was on last time, and you and you made a good point to it. I was actually referring to key the key to time um, oh, segment see, that's thing when too. I was saying to him. So if you turn in. And you're not on an episode like you feel like you're in the middle, like part two. Not only that, but you almost had that precursor to what Stephen Moffat would do with the new series later, where there was this over overarching. Yeah, that was one of the few times they ever did an actual full season arc. Right. So I mean, if he tuned in at any point there, there's a really good chance he could have been lost on that. Well, Ray, I guess that means I'm better than you because (laughs) uh, the Androids of Tara was in fact a key to time episode. Mm, So okay. Yeah, and I, and I actually remember what I thought at that time because they that was again with the mission thing because I said just like they, they, the the doctor was talking to Romana about like being on some mission and then he shirked it off going like now I'm gonna go fishing right so and and, and remember I I just knew he was on a mission for something so so we've established the how mm-hmm. and but you gave us the why Mike why for you why what what drew you to like what what you you watched it. What was it about the show? Yeah, well, what he did was he gave me the tape. He actually, my first episode of Pyramids of Mars was on tape Okay. in the summer. And then... So it was your friend said, this is good, check yeah, it out. Okay. I'd like you to see this. So this yeah. for so for you, it was just like, you you were sick, it was on... It was random. For yeah. you, you okay. were actually introduced by somebody... Right, okay. same, same guy. Our recommendation. Who, right, who introduced me to Star Wars. Well, okay. I think Star Wars kind of came to everybody. Yeah, yeah. But... This for sure, without a doubt, he introduced me. Yeah, to. nine times out of ten, I give my you know, hey, what's your nerd cred? It's you know, Star Wars for so mm-hmm. many people, you right. know. So that kind of starts the engine, and then you know, for you guys, Doctor yep. Who kind of. Yeah. So what I, was it about Pyramids of Mars that like hit you? Right. No, I, I'm getting an answer to the actual oh, question, but yeah, he did. He did start me with Star Wars, but everybody was into Star Wars. Yeah. He just was yeah, into yeah. it too. 
Doctor Who was the only he was the only one I knew that was into it. Yeah, that wasn't like Star Wars, like where everybody yeah, it was like right. you, it was you were very mainstream. nerdy if you were mm-hmm. if you were into Star it was Wars. Very cl- uh, very much a click cliche like yeah. quiet underground thing at the time. Yeah. Um. So he gives me the tape. I watch it. I enjoy it. I, I now what what did I enjoy about it? I I liked how aloof the Doctor was. No matter how much of a crisis he could seem to be in. It, it all just seemed like... He's like, whatever. He's going to laugh it off. There's going to be a way out of it. I mean, his life is being threatened. Doesn't seem to phase him. Now, this is well before you know that he can regenerate or anything. But it's not... He's not aloof because he knows he can regenerate. He's aloof because he knows he's going to figure out a way to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And it was just... No matter how intense the rest of the show tried to make the situation, he always calmed things down. Um so when you're when you That's see a lot of conflict it, as a child or or whatever in the world, however you want to put it, yeah, and you see somebody that can manage a situation calmly and as you said, like without weapons or anything, you know, with his mind more or less, mm-hmm. it, it gives you this sense of calm that you know you don't always have to jump to the conclusion, you don't have to jump to um, violence or anything to solve an issue. Now I'm not advocating that you know there's something wrong with like you know, violent video games or movies. I like, I love, you know, action. So, I mean, I'm not sitting here saying everything can be solved without that, but I'm just saying taking, separating things like that and understanding that those are cool in their own right too. Yeah. Yeah. But as, as a kid to see somebody stay so calm in a, in a tough situation um, without yelling and screaming and to solve it or whatever was like appealing to me. And then at that point I had to convince my mom as the school year came up <laughs> to let me stay up late yeah, right. on Sunday nights. To you What know, time was that? Well, like you said, it would start at 11 oh and it would God, end about 1230. Right. You did say 11. Jeez. So Holy cow. 11, you know, 1230 on a Sunday night. Why? Why did I ask no, for No, why it? did they air it like that? Uh, because <laughs> reasons. I well, have no idea. I, I mean, ratings, I guess. Probably, they're like, nobody watches this crap. Well, so. the funny thing is it actually got disgustingly popular eventually. Yeah. I think they didn't anticipate it to be. Now, they I, thought it was just this obscure little goofy show. That's probably well, yeah, why it was on at 11 p.m. Obviously. And it's why it's still traditionally, even now, you mentioned that they brought it back on. I don't. Well, it's, it's on uh, Channel 20 or 22 out of, I think it's it's technically Chicago, but it's like Gary. No, oh, yeah, and um, it's on Saturdays, not Sundays. Okay, and it's on at ten instead of eleven. Mm. Oh, so it's the uh, the Gary PBS, yeah. affiliate that you but can pick funny. up on it'll most say, antennas. It'll say Gary slash Chicago at the bottom. Sometimes, yeah, I can pick those. I have a rooftop antenna, and I can actually pick those stations up with my antenna pointed at Chicago. I pick them up with a lower signal, but I pick them up, so I can mm-hmm. I, I could actually watch it on there if I wanted to, which I don't. But before um. I think they left it at that time because, like as you said, once it got popular, yeah, they people knew that's when to expect it. So if now, they moved it, it would. As a matter of fact, Channel Eleven, when the new series came out, they actually eventually picked up um when after like two or three seasons, they picked up the new series yep. and actually started airing it. At, I, uh, yeah, I actually do remember that. Yeah, I remember seeing it on Channel Eleven and being like, ah, tradition. That's kind of neat, you know. Um, was it? Um, how was the fandom? in the UK compared to here? Like, was it huge in the UK and then like, eh, like had a niche here or was it, how, how would oh, that it's clearly bigger in the UK? I've never been to the UK, so I couldn't really tell you how it is even now, how it is like yeah. compare. I mean, but it's always been bigger in the UK because it was much more of a UK thing. I mean, so. now it's like with the internet and everything and fans are, everybody's connected now. I mean, now we know it's universally, mm. you know, a, a big thing now. Right. But, you know, at that time, back then, there, yeah, there was really no way to know. Like, was it as popular in the UK? They brought oh, it uh, back. 
Well, so the, obviously it must have had some level of oh, popularity. Oh, there was definitely some things. Um, if you really want to go history, I actually delve a lot into this. So you probably have heard about all this stuff too. When the going into the Peter Cushing movies as to why those were made was because um, Doctor Who became very popular, particularly the Daleks. Yeah. There was actually a period in the 60s they referred to as Dalek mania. Oh, yep. that, that It was a Dalek mania. It was this big thing that took over uh, England. And uh, where, you know, people are running around with the, the, the often joke, you run around, you have an egg whisk and a plunger, and you're suddenly the conqueror of the universe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, and it's so strange, because as villains go, just, they don't seem Well, that, and, and to this day, when, when you see, like, previews for the newest season coming, mm-hmm. and then there's always going to be a dollar clip, because if there isn't, there's, like, outrage. It's kind of yeah. like the Simpsons here, whenever they even hint that they might be looking to wrap it up, people freak out. Right. Yep. It's the same thing. If you don't get a Dalek episode over there, I don't think over here people care that much if you do or you don't. I, I personally will speak for myself. I do not look forward to those episodes. Right. Yeah, I, no. I, I, I've had enough of them to me last neither. me a lifetime. <laughs> but over there, they've never lost their popularity. Like I think I said in the last podcast, they, they, they put them on stamps. Yeah. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're very iconic. Away. It's yeah. been a very iconic thing. Well, also, and I hate to say this, they're also contractually, I think they're contractually bound to uh, put the Daleks in. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but um, you probably are. Um, but the BBC does not own the Daleks. Right. It is actually owned by Terry Nation's estate. Oh, okay. He is the, uh, back in the 60s, and when you wrote a program, the person who wrote the episode actually got the rights to whatever they created in there at <laughs> that time. So when he wrote that, uh, the dot, when he wrote the uh, episode, it's called, um, the first episode was called The Dead Planet. I still refer to it as The Dead Planet. They've republished it as The Daleks. I refuse to ever accept that. That's my own, <laughs> that's my geeky thing. It is The Dead Planet. Um, but when so they when do- they release them on like DVDs, it's called The Daleks now? Yes, it's called the Daleks now. That's crazy. They call that yeah. The, they call that whole six part thing uh, the Daleks. They actually used to call. They used to name all the uh, like that particular story was a six part episode. The, those each episode had like the half hour episode had individual names. Okay. So, but I can see. A little bit of that but I can see the, back uh, then. Back then they weren't the Daleks. They were just this new enemy that. Well, back then it was the very it was the second story that Doctor Who ever aired. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the Dead Planet, and then the second episode was called the Daleks. Okay, I'll give it. I'll at least give that credit. That one was officially called the Daleks. But in that, it was interesting in that story because the Daleks were just this one race and this one city mm-hmm. in on this planet dealing with the Thals. And at the end of the episode, all the Daleks died. Oh, okay. They, they they had no intention to originally make them this big thing. It wasn't until they got popular where the kids were like, I Let's said, Dalek back. Mania hit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then that's when they brought. That's when they made the Dalek invasion. But of to Earth. be fair, now the Daleks all died all the time. Oh, I hate that. Don't, when we when we get into our new series topic, oh, I'm gonna bitch about that. Yeah, For me, uh, it's it's reached a point where it's hard to keep track of. Like, well, wait. They were out in the remote corner of the universe, but then they were done. But now they're back. But then there was this Oh, yeah. Where were they yes. before? And now, oh, yeah. Remember? They, okay. Yeah. They're, they're like different factions of them now and different types of them now. Well, I find it popular. fascinating that now they call that episode the Daleks because they want kind of people to know this it's is very the first episode of the yeah. But back then, they weren't the Daleks. They were just. All because they were just meant to a race. They race. So this, this episode is called The Dead Planet, and there's these. Guys, on and then the second episode was the Daleks, and then they did. But like, now I they're so popular that now, this, now it's the Daleks. You yes. know, and it's yeah, they are, they are the flagship 
enemy, de facto, yeah. what have you. So, um, of course, I'm sure you've probably also heard the drama, too, with the new series, that originally the, there was actually, because of the Terry Nation's estate, there was actually an argument. The BBC didn't realize that they didn't have the Daleks. Um, they actually got into an argument with uh, Terry Nation's estate. They originally were not going to have the Daleks. Yeah, I did hear oh, that, geez. too. Yeah. For the new series? Yeah, then? for the new series. A hmm. uh, little bit of trivia. The uh, the Toclophane were actually going to be their replacement. Oh. So, right. uh, um, Russell T. Davies had Rob Sherman rewrite that, and he actually uh, quickly came up with the Toclophane okay. for that, So, which eventually they brought back into the Master episode. I did hear that, but I didn't hear that till like, after... Like, well after the yeah, Daleks had here. made their appearance, because we had Dalek with Eccleston. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, mm -hmm. you know, it was well after I had seen that, that that had come out, and I had heard that, and I was like, wow. But I was almost like, darn. I, I, <laughs> yeah, really. That would have been fine with me. Yeah. But uh, going <laughs> yeah, back to... Yeah, but I could see there would have been, like, fan outrage. Oh, especially sure. over there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which goes back to your original question, like, with the classic show, uh, especially when we were watching it here uh, as, as kids 30-something years ago... You've got, you know, it's very big over there. It's very niche here. Um, like we said, we only had the one station. Mm -hmm. uh, this was back in the classic series. To answer the original question, uh, going back in terms of popularity, it was niche here. It was big over there. Um, and what's interesting. This is a classic series, by right, the way. Right, exactly. At, at the time we were kids. Mm -hmm. um, what's interesting is the guy who introduced me to it created a Doctor Who club, mm. which. It was, like, not really heard of back then either. And surprisingly, it probably had about 10, 12 members at its peak. Now, it's interesting because my friend Paul and I were, like, 12. Mm -hmm. And we were the youngest members. And then you had a bunch of, like, middle-aged or maybe even in their 20s guys. Like, guys older than my friend Charlie were mm -hmm. even part of this club because he basically put flyers up at comic book stores. But... uh what he did is he put those up, and then he got he got interest of, from people that that were into it more mm -hmm. than you would have thought would would have occurred. And then we would have meetings. I think it was biweekly, like every Friday. It was either every Friday or every other Friday, I should say. But the interesting thing is, is like you thought how popular you knew how popular it was there. You didn't realize how popular it was here until you start reaching out. There was no internet. There was no posted on Facebook and get people to be interested. Yep. This was literally old school word of mouth throw a flyer up in a store and see yep. who responds to come and show up. And it was an open invitation. It wasn't like call me for meeting information. Um, he got to be good friends with the owner of the comic book store that uh, was part of the club too. Hmm. And he would say, you know, if anybody comes in and inquires about it, just talk to George. He was the owner of the, sh of the store and part of the club. Mm -hmm. So I think at its peak, like I said, it probably had about 15 members. But what was interesting is – one of the guys that became a member had his own club up in like Libertyville. Hmm. And so Charlie became part of that club. He became part of our club. But in reality, he was our supplier in the sense that he was getting videotapes from England. Oh, yes. And we were getting to see the episodes that eventually Channel 11 would get down the road. These would probably, I'm assuming these would be like around the Colin Six, Seventh Doctor, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy. We got, we got Colin Baker. Uh, and we got old Hartnells oh, okay. and Troutons. And, but the bad thing is is it was um, – and you, you can correct me on this because I'm, I'm not sure if I'm 100% right. But it was recorded in PAL. So mm -hmm. you would get the flicker yeah. the oh, entire so time you're watching. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they play here. But you'd have to get – adjust your eyes would have to adjust because they weren't made for American TV. That's how like 
kind of underground these copies were. Yes. Right. And it was a big deal because like I'm surprised people, they even played back. Well, that that was actually a thing. There was actually an underground thing, kind of like how anime bootlegs were also coming from Japan too. Uh their their big thing was yeah, with PAL, especially at conventions, that's how I was seeing the uh, bootleg ones at conventions was they would bring the PAL ones over and then recopy them over. There was a conversion method to go from yeah. PAL to uh Ah, uh, whatever our version to VHS, NTSC, yeah, yeah, NTSC, and then I would see them at the conventions. Yeah, right. like I remember, it was I think well, it was one of the Capricorn uh, at uh, PAL is natively uh, a different frame rate, I believe, and also yes. rather than 480p, it's five 480i. Sorry for videotape. Uh, rather than 480i, it's 576i, I believe. So not only a different. Um, frame rate but a different um, resolution as oh well. wow okay. so actually better resolution than what we got we had, with ntsc so, yeah which would cause this flickering effect yeah. if you would play it back right, on ours, yeah. so, so. I, I'm, I'm shocked to hear that they even played back at all but with a flicker well maybe they were the converted ones because we were getting them secondhand already yeah so it's like not like chuck charlie was getting them from england himself he was getting it secondhand a from guy, that guy from yeah. palatine so whoever did the conversion whoever we were able to play it but it did have the flicker yeah now my age and my immaturity are going to come out here because Paul and I are 12. We like Tom Baker. So whenever the club wouldn't show Tom Baker, even though we've seen <laughs> Tom Baker's or Peter Davidson, at least we would settle for, but if we didn't get Baker or Davidson, we would get, we would get upset. We, oh, we want to watch. But then you would have these older guys come in mm-hmm. and Charlie wouldn't tell anybody what, what the episode was going to be that week. There'd be like, you know, the old school version of a podcast back then. Everybody would hang out, you know, eat some snacks, talk Doctor Who. Right. All right, let's get ready. Let's put the episode on. Everybody would, like, kind of move to the edge of their seat. Like, yep. what are we going to get? Because nobody knew, you know, what episode Charlie got this time. And then, you know, something would come on black and white. And everybody would be like, ooh. You know, the interest would peak even more. And they'd be like, Trouton. And be like, oh, you know, like, and you see all these older guys getting, like, all excited about it. And, you know, there's Paul and I, like, oh. Really? No Tom Baker? All right, whatever. Because we didn't appreciate it yeah, at the right, time. Right, you know, right. we we were introduced on Tom Baker, introduced in color, and his cheesy... Was Tom Baker the first color episode? No. No, no, no. no. When did it start? Pertwee. Color, Pertwee. Right? Pertwee. Pertwee. The they they actually did both, Third. actually, at the time. They did uh, for during Pertwee. They did Pertwee, literally from day one, they started doing filming color and black and white episodes, and then eventually they just went uh, Yeah, that's something color. we should probably do, is give a basic, uh, for anybody who has survived uh, 30 minutes into this episode now, <laughs> a very basic, what is this show about, really? And, you know, we're talking about all these, we're naming all these different names. and I'll take this, because you, you've got way more deeper stuff that you can... Thank you. Explain. I was actually about to say it, because in my, in my opinion, the one thing I'll say before I'll say my idea is, I do have my idea of what the show is, how they presented the classic series, and in my opinion, how it's changed a lot over the years, and how I wish they would go back to certain things, but go ahead. You're going to take it into a deeper concept, that's what I was hoping for. For me, I'll (laughs) just give, like, to the basic premise of the show, you've got, basically, the Doctor is an alien from another planet who can travel anywhere in time and space. Via what method? Uh, Well, he has... He has a prop, I guess you were, a ship. I, I'm looking at something, so that's why I'm saying it's a prop. Um, he has a ship that has a chameleon circuit, so it's supposed to be able to blend in to any environment that it's so, in. So uh, a spaceship that has, uh, well, it's not like a cloaking device. It's like a like a metamorphosis. It right, just, so if it lands it somewhere in a forest, shell. it would be a tree. Um, you know, if it lands in an industrial area, it could be a, a beam of steel. It, it, it blends it, into what Yeah, it if it is. lands into, like, you know, Roman times, it would be a Roman column. Yeah. So. Right, which I believe uh, the, master. the Master had at one time. Okay. But 
But so his he, is busted. Right. Well, it's it's the jammed, is, yeah. and he just never chooses. He never chooses to fix it. He leaves it as a police call box from 1960s England. Mm-hmm. He travels in this. He usually usually has a companion. Ninety nine percent of the time is from Earth, um, and he basically goes and saves the Earth and other places throughout time and space over and over and over again. Um, you know, there's Earth seems to constantly be under attack. That makes sense because you know. You, you want to draw the interest of the audience here, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, also, for budget reasons, right. we might want to yes. be on Earth. Yeah, he's in England. As a matter of fact, there's actually a little bit of a... That's why they the whole basically John Pertwee era happened was for budget reasons. Right, yeah. where it, the doctor got he locked down He didn't have his Earth. TARDIS at the time, right. yeah, which was, is what it, his it spaceship was, was called. Broken. It was I should mention broken. for the people we're trying to give the right. uh, basic rundown. It's called the TARDIS. Right. Time and relative dimensions in <laughs> space is what it stands for. Is it for. dimensions... Yes. Or dimension. Plural, it's, I thought. It's dimensions. It's actually a little bit of debate because when Susan uh, first yeah, read the Yeah, I knew there the was acronym, a debate. That's why I'm asking this. It's, it's not much of a debate. It's right now, it's pretty much, it's, it's accepted as time and relative dimensions in space. Okay. But in the very first episode, when Susan read off the acronym, she said dimension singular. Oh. Okay. Something interesting, I don't want to segue too far off that, but Susan being the doctor's grand- granddaughter, which yeah. we've never really, I as far as I know, gotten a full explanation as to... Nope. What is she really his granddaughter? Is it just like a big finish? Has actually affection? explored a lot of that, but that that would be your area. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's just a whole subject later for this, but we'll continue on but with this. For the basic explanation for the audience, you've got a character who can basically die and and regenerate. So, which this would takes explain you- the longevity of the show. That yeah, every time the lead actor says he's out. They, instead or, of trying to find somebody to look alike, they just said, we're going to actually just flat out replace him and yeah. say that he has this ability to change into a whole different body. Yeah, so the lead actor leaves the show, and for the purposes of the show, they say, okay, he died, but then he regenerates and is alive again. Yes. And he can do this how many times? 13? Well, 12. 12. Yeah, originally it was they, they gave it a limit of 12. Mm-hmm. Now with the new series, he's, well, we don't really know exactly. Yeah, actually, actually we do. Actually, Did they give him of just a full new set? They said a full new set, which I was so pleased. I didn't want them to say he had infinite. I was worried that that's what Moff was going to do because I'm like, I don't want the Doctor to be immortal right. then at that point. I like the idea that there's another set of 12 right. that he has. So, yeah. Yeah, so a I'm kind of upset set. that we didn't get to a full set of regenerations. Like, I wanted to get to Doctor number 13 and then say, boom. Yeah. Well, I guess... To, well, we kind of did with Matt Smith. You knew... What, you saw where it was going. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you well, kind of did. They, they did a very it. good explanation. Matt Smith laid out what happened, that David mm-hmm. Tennant used up two of them. Right. Yeah. But, so, yeah. So, but I felt that was a little cheesy with that. They cheesed out of one Doctor with yeah, that. Yeah. So. But then you had a spare one with John Hurt, who mm-hmm. we will get to uh, shortly. We'll, yes. we'll talk about him. But... Uh, essentially all these names we're throwing out, those are the names of the actors that played the Doctor. In the show, he's always called the Doctor. But when we throw out a name, we're talking about the actor that played him at whatever era. So who was the first guy? A quick rundown. The first guy is William Hartnell. Second. What's, how many years, what years would you know that? Uh, I'd say about... 63 to 65? Yeah, I want to say 65. So that's another thing that people need to bear in mind, that this freaking show... Has been well over since fifty years. Nineteen sixty-three. With yep. a, with a break. Which with a short break, in. yeah, which we'll get to. But essentially, fifty years. It, yep. it 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 aired the day before. It actually technically aired on the day of the Kennedy assassination. That's crazy. November twenty-third, nineteen sixty-three. Kennedy's assassinated twenty-second. But due to time differences, yeah, it, it good way to remember it. Yeah, exactly. But uh, and it's kind of sad because they were actually worried about it because 
a few people watched because everybody was in shock. Yeah. Well, you know, because they were watching the Kennedy stuff that that unveiled. So but somehow it caught on. Well, and for well, the, that that therein happened with the Daleks later well, in the fiftieth oh. anniversary when that aired um, a few years ago. They also released a movie. Uh, the BBC made a current modern yes. day movie that covered the birth of the show. Okay. So I was like, actually did a good job on that. Yeah, and it's it's actually a really good like origin story of of the TV show's birth. So I mean, what's it, it called? Oh, oh my an god, unearthly, I totally forgot. An unearthly too. something. Oh yeah, you're right. They based it off the first episode's name, which is an unearthly child. They they named the movies the unearthly something or other. Oh okay. Mm, um, I totally I'm I'm sad. I feel bad that I totally yeah, me forgot too. the name because I watched so. it and I should know. Heaven forbid we should use this technology we have. <laughs> you know that well, wasn't you available do that, in 1963. I'll, I'll keep going with. Uh, you've got the first Doctor is Hartnell, second Doctor is Patrick Troughton, third Doctor is John Pertwee. Yeah. Fourth Doctor is Tom Baker, who was the longest running Doctor. Yeah. So far. Yeah. Right. He still um, holds the record. Right. Then you go to Peter Davidson as the fifth, Colin Baker is the seventh, Sylvester McCoy is the, uh, I'm sorry, Colin Baker is the sixth, Sylvester McCoy is the seventh, Paul McGann is the eighth, who was uh, more of an audio so, yeah, that's, doctor that really, in the, the movie. The that American really closes movie. out the classic series. And that's well, where it ends, Sylvester right. McCoy. Sylvester McCoy closed out the classic series. Really was series. the classic yeah. series. But then Sylvester McCoy briefly reprise that role for a i'm, I'm just gonna say a really bad movie yep. that came out in the 90s made for tv in, yeah Fox made for tv Network. in the u.s yes the united states had the concept that they were going to relaunch the show here they did it with a made for tv movie and when you watch that it definitely does not play like a movie it plays like a failed tv pilot well 100%. you remember you know back at the time like even v Shows yeah. like that. They started mm-hmm. with like miniseries or made for TV movies. So many TV shows started off that right. way yep. with a two hour like presentation of the show, which is basically just two episodes put together. Right. Um, that's what they were going to do with Doctor Who. Uh, it, it did not do well here, I'm going to say. Which has nothing to do Eric with Eric Roberts' fault. Uh, well, Eric Roberts didn't help with that. Also, it aired on one of the, uh, I think it was one of the, uh, the Celtics games, oh some, some big popular basketball game. Also interfered with the ratings. Yeah, I think too, the NBA so. Finals was going on. Yeah. So I don't think. It had By the a... way, an adventure in time and space. I wasn't even right then. Yeah, it wasn't even. I thought so. it was unearthly something. Nope. It was. Uh, maybe they put something there, but yeah, it was called. So adventure an adventure in, time, in and space. time and space is a. Is it a documentary? Yes, it's it's a actually it's I believe the term is um it's not a documentary it's a uh, it's a, a docudrama. Yeah. Okay. It's actually like they're they're dramatizing the rise of um the creation of Doctor Who and all yeah. the very fa- that facets. Particularly how Verity, and they had touched on other aspects like Verity Lambert being like one of the first female producers and the prejudices she had to deal with. And the same thing with um, Warren, um, oh, I forget it, Hussein, who was also, you know, he was uh, Indian of uh, descent, I believe. So I'm going to probably butcher that there. (laughs) And uh, he had, Warren Hussein faced a lot of prejudices too. Then they also dealt with William Hartnell and his aging and going through there. It and reminds he was me a classic lot. actor that did not really want to take a role like this. Who? He, he thought it was out there. No, as a matter him. of fact, hearing some of the uh, companions talk at some of the conventions, they said, like, like if you hear some of the things that he said back then, he was like, uh, sadly, he was like very anti-Semitic mm. and whatnot. So. Okay. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of, uh, like, Star Trek had a lot of the same stuff because close to the same time, but there was, like, there was a writer on Star Trek 
uh, named uh, DC Fontana. Mm-hmm. You probably know that story that DC Fontana no. is really Dorothy Fontana who had to go by DC because she was a woman and she was a sci-fi writer uh-huh. and, you know, it was just not an accepted thing. So there was, you know, some some parallels with Star Trek there. But um, so how many doctors for the original? We, we You were you went up seven, to seven. 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 And then the eighth one was... The movie doctor. The movie, the Fox... The American, American movie. Yeah, the American doctor. one. Which I don't think that had anything to do with Paul McGann, the actor. No. I think No, he, he was the best part. I yeah. liked him as that... The, as a matter of fact, that was actually... I think it was... Uh, uh, they were talking to... Uh, Terrence Dix, who was actually one of he's been a, was a huge writer for the show for many years, the classic series. They asked him, they said, you know, what do you think about it? And he's just said straight, well, they got the doctor right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, little little bit of trivia here. Uh, there were actually it was actually a choice between two different actors for the doctor and Eric Roberts. I mean, and for the master. Yeah. And there was America had their choice, and England had their choice, and they compromised. England chose Paul McGann. Uh, and America got to choose the master then. Okay. So they chose Eric Roberts. A little bit of trivia. America wanted Sting. Oh, wow. As uh, the doctor. You know what? I would have made that trade-off. As much as I thought Paul McCann did a good job, Sting would have been worth having to get rid of Eric Roberts. Because I imagine if we take the doctor, then they get to pick the master, and there's no way they could have done worse. Well, <laughs> as we know from South Park, nobody gives a shit about Eric Roberts. Mm. True. <laughs> So the show, uh, the movie, t- made for TV movie, bombs. Yeah. The show never gets made again. Paul McGann goes into the audio adventures for. Technically uh, went into the books because right. at, at this time there was a, uh, it was it should be referred to as the wilderness era where the show is canceled. The fans get together and there were some notable fans and novelists that there were aspiring writers that came up. You might have heard of them, uh, Russell T Davies and oh, a few geez. others. They all they all started writing books for Virgin Publishing. Mm-hmm. And there was this whole era of Sylvester McCoy, quote unquote, called the Wilderness Years that was done through Virgin Publishing. There were these original adventures, very thick and very I mean for lack of better terms, many ways adult too. Yeah. Because they yeah. really, you know, they tried to like embellish um, the doctor more uh, these were. This is now fans taking over, trying to do. And they had more free reign, so they were able to explore the, the characters the way they chose mm-hmm. to more than with the BBC breathing down their necks over it. Even though they still technically held the rights to everything, they allowed all this to take place. Yes, and, and then it was a licensed thing. Right. And then eventually, um, what happened for, uh, during that point? Uh, then uh, I believe that yeah, then the TV movie happened. Then uh, BBC killed they nixed the virgin line their their license virgin Mm -hmm. publishing they brought them into their line and started doing eighth doctor novels then eventually big finish came out they started doing the classic series audios which were amazing then they when they when they and then after i think it was maybe about six months to a year they got paul mcgann and that was a huge deal and that's the majority of his time as a doctor is in those yeah i've actually read as the doctor i've actually read online that i mean um Tom Baker, the fourth doctor, was the longest on-screen doctor, but mm-hmm. Paul McGann is actually the longest-running doctor because, because of, the of all of his yep. years in those audio dramas and things. Actually, there was no think... replacement from the time that he took over from the TV movie until 2005, so he technically held that role un- until then. And unfortunately, I think it may have been, it might that still might fall to Sylvester McCoy because he was doing the Virgin lineups up until that movie. 
I'd rather give it to McCann. I would too. I would too. So <laughs> well, as well, much let's, as I, let's as talk much as about I love Sylvester McCoy, which by the way, uh, for Lord of the Rings fans, I don't know if you realize, he is also the actor who plays as Radagast the Red. Okay. In I, the most recent um, Hobbit movies, I have not seen those movies, but I do know something that he was in recently. Um, no, not Sylvester McCoy. Colin Baker. Sorry, right before. Um, oh. I watched the uh, the fan. Film production Star Trek continues, and Colin Baker was actually. Did you see that one? No, oh, but okay. I, I mean, yeah, I didn't it, hear it, this. Yeah, one of the most recent episodes of Star Trek continues. Um, he actually played a really? role, role as an alien. Yeah, in that uh, in that series. So that's kind of neat to. Oh, see that him, is actually kind of cool to see stuff. him there. I mean, looking much older, but uh, yes. still cool to see him. You know, I thought that was pretty neat. But let's go back for a second because we're getting into kind of the post classic series era i want to stay with the classic series sure. and figure out what happened why did it go away oh that's easy <laughs> go ahead uh well what happened there was Jonathan a lot nathan turner a uh, little bit of john nathan turner but okay, actually, so he's a producer then he's yes. a producer he okay. started right mid-season of well he's actually kind of the producer who's response he started before i don't think he was a producer executive producer then I'm trying to remember what era it is, but he was basically what they brought back from a small hiatus. I think it was like a year or two gap that um, they, the BBC writers went on strike at oh. a time. This one, we actually lost a script. You probably heard of the Shada. story of Shada. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which eventually clips of it, which were used for the 40th or the 50th, the 25th anniversary in the Five Doctors. Okay. All signed to think of that. Anyways, he came in. So much as, stuff you can go into. It's there's There's crazy. 50 years yeah, of like. It's, 50 years of stuff that 50 were... years of a show that people were trying to do in a shoestring budget. There was so much drama that yeah, happened there. It's amazing. Behind the scenes. But anyways, um, yeah, John Nathan Turner came in, and he, in the mid-fourth Doctor, and then he kept being the producer for the fourth Doctor, the fifth Doctor, the sixth Doctor, the seventh Doctor, all the way until the very end. He didn't want to. So he kept the show going for a long time, but he didn't want to? After a while, he wanted to leave, but the BBC wouldn't let him. There's because also, the show was performing well? Well, there's also books about this guy that he's part of the reason that gets blamed for why the show declined. Yes. And there's also get into that, but go ahead. Yeah, and there's also a lot of speculation. I don't know how much of it's proven or rumor, but that that's why Tom Baker eventually left. That oh, Tom wow. Baker was going to stay in the role. Oh, no, no. But but him and Jonathan Nathan Turner didn't get along. Oh no no that's not I can tell you exactly. See the that's why, why I say he left. it could be rumor. I don't know, but that, no. a lot of that's out there. Go ahead, <laughs> no, no, clear, that, clear that, it up, clear it up. Oh that that one's very easy uh, because uh, he was married to uh, Lala Ward, right? Who played right. Romana, one of his companions. Tom and Daniels. after okay. two after two months, they got divorced. Right. Oh. Very very bad public divorce right and i'm like to the point where they were not speaking like they were that they, they, they made he made a joke one time at a convention where uh lala ward was asked what was the most scariest monster you had to work with the doctor who without missing a beat she said tom baker <laughs> it was a very bad thing um to say that they actually the, well actually i'll get into that later but they he got divorced and he lost his he didn't want to do the show anymore because they literally did they did warrior's gate uh, that's when Romana left because right. that was her final episode. And yeah, there was a very bitter, bad divorce. Then he did Keeper of Troc and Legopolis, and that was the end of the show. It was because of his divorce. He just gave up. I remember wow. a lot of the speculation out there was that him and Nathan Turner didn't get along. They, but that is true. They didn't get along. And that, that was ultimately the reason why he left. Now, as you said, it's been clarified that the divorce is more what made him leave. But there was always that rumor out there that you know and there Tom Baker was to willing to sign on for more years. But that he didn't like the direction Nathan Turner wanted to take the show and the character. 
he felt that he had been the doctor and so popular for so long that he was he had more, he should have more say in the development of the character what that can and can't too. be done with him. Hmm. So him and Nathan Turner butted heads and eventually Nathan Turner went out. Now the divorce playing into that can only help make Tom Baker want to leave even more. Uh, yes. But I think okay. he was very happy in that role for a very long time. He and, he he believed he was a doctor. Yeah. He was a key. And I and I can understand why because I mean he's the one who put it on the map outside of England, I'd say. Yeah. Um, other than the niche, he's the one like because yeah, there that, were people that's wearing actually the scarves and everything. Very well, few people that I know that are into Doctor Who. If you ask them who is your doctor or your favorite doctor, it's always Tom Baker. And that's an American thing, by yeah, the way. Yeah, that's a very American thing. That when you say Tom Baker, every and like even like you know when they do Family Guy and stuff like that, when they all the, these shows that do it, all Ampoons of Doctor Who, they'll do the scarf, they'll right. do, do class years. It's Tom. Baker. That is purely an American thing. In England, he was not that big. He was just another doctor, yeah, you know. Right. They did they did not see him as that. He really hit it off well in America. As a matter of fact, I'm going to retell this story. I will say that what happened. There was a convention that came in where they had um, John Pertwee, um, Tom Baker, and um, Peter Davison, okay. and I even want to see Patrick Troughton was there too at the time, the second doctor. Okay. And they wanted to go up on stages, and then when they were introducing them, they were going to go two, three, four, and five. When it got to Tom, Tom said, Tom apparently refused and says, like, well, I am America's popular doctor, so I should be the one who really goes on last. And Peter Davison got so pissed, he actually physically pushed him up onto the stage. <laughs> he just, just go! <laughs> That's awesome. So, but in, I, in all defense of Tom Baker, and, and like you were saying, he is the one who made it more global. Yes, yes. He, he was. He wasn't not. It wasn't that he was. Well, disliked if you look at the previous three fellas that were in the role, they were just you know. If you look at each one of them from, especially from American perspective, very stuffy British fellows. Yeah, well, in some ways, yes. Well, especially William Hartnell. I, I wouldn't well, go that way with Perry, well though. dressed, no. and especially Troughton. Well, but very well dressed, and two out of three of them anyway, with gray hair, very distinguished looking. Mm -hmm. And then here comes Tom Baker, this young guy with curly hair, his crazy long coat, the hat, and that freaking scarf. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which was an accident. That wasn't supposed to be that long. Uh, it wasn't intended to be that way. What what basically mm -hmm. happened is the okay, even the, the prop, the woman who did the props. Um, they wanted us like some sort of something else to add to the coat and the hat, and they said like, "What about a scarf?" And basically, when she ended up sewing it, she actually made it like too long, obviously because it was so long. And they were going to say, "Well, let's shorten it because we don't want him tripping or anything." He said, "No, let's try it. Let's go with it and see how well." I think it was Tom Baker himself that said, "Let's go with it yeah. and see, you know, if I can't deal with it, then we'll we'll do." But it became like just a trademark like look for him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then. They eventually would change colors with it to match the coats and, and later on and stuff. But it, he yep. always would. Be but like you say, you it. see any lampoon of Doctor Who around? It's, it's Tom Baker. It's not the even the new the new characters from the new series. It's always goes back to classic, and it's always Tom Baker. Yep. And mm -hmm. so, like you said, Family Guy or even Robot Chicken. I remember did a. A the joke. who's on first? The, they did the who's on first with the Doctor Who standing on first base, looking at the camera, going, "Did get it?" Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean that, and that's the thing is, he's the one who brought like made it more mainstream here yeah, and everything. He really woke it up here in America, right? But the understanding is that he had the ability to stay in that role pretty much. It sounded it from what I've read in the past, as long as he kind of wanted it. And I think 
in some ways, ego always plays into it with mm-hmm. people, with roles. I get that. Well, I can actually tell you a story that actually uh, the one of the biggest butt, butt heads that they butted, butted heads with John Nathan Turner was actually, and you can almost see this. Thankfully, you, uh, John Nathan Turner was grateful that the, that the camera was so dark you couldn't see this. In the story State of Decay, the one with the vampires, yeah. with the great vampires, uh, there was a scene where the doctor gets bit by a, a bat. And he goes down, he's like, oh, look, I was bit. You know, and he and he's supposed to be kind of like showing you wanted the camera there. John Nathan Turner was away, and he fought. Knowing that John was away, he he fought, and he said, "I want blue blood," Ooh. because he wanted to be alien, huh. and so he, he wanted insistent there. So he actually, but it was like really dark; you couldn't see it, but it was really dark. But he had his, the blood that was in his hand was blue, and apparently, it was when John came back, that was already filmed. He couldn't do it, and they got into a huge fight over it because oh, he decided that specifically because John Nathan Turner was away. <laughs> it's so weird. Well, and you mm-hmm. can see these are the issues that we're building towards when it would come to a contract. Yeah. In any in any situation, but especially when you've been playing the role as long as he had, I can understand ego being a part of it, but also at the same time, he's got this sense like I've kind of owned this role now. It's kind of made I've kind of made it mine for a while. I should have a good amount, if not. Creative say so. Yeah, is where is it going? And Nathan Turner was like, no, I'm in charge of the show. It's going to go this way. And then that's that's the story that we all got over here at the time, that that's why he left. And so Jonathan Nathan Turner, I can tell you, and I never mentioned it, the name of the club was called Friends of the Time Lords. Mm. And I can tell you that Jonathan Nathan Turner was disliked by Friends of the Time Lords Mm. for a very long amount of time because everybody thought, you just cost us our doctor. Yeah. (laughs) And nothing to do with that Davidson was good. He was. But we felt that we, we got Davidson sooner than we were supposed to. Right. Kind of like if you remember, not trying to jump too far ahead, but when it went from Eccleson to Tennant, and I was very hesitant because I'm like, Eccleson really brought the show back. He's good and everything. I'm like, yeah. I don't know about this Tennant guy. Is he going to be any good? And I fell in love with the guy. Yeah, he nailed it right out of the ballpark. Love him. Yeah. Love him. My well, oh, now. my God. Well, let me tell you something about Tennant. I still love to say about Tennant that he has lived the ultimate fanboy Doctor oh, yeah. Who dream. Yeah. No, I mean, no more than that. I mean, do you know, like, the whole... I don't even think you know You know who he's married to and all that? Yeah, he's ma- married to Peter Davidson's daughter. Which is his favorite doctor. Right. And he also... I mean, he grew up on the show. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he's, became, he's a he became an actor because he was right. a fan of Doctor Who. Right. Yeah. As a matter of fact, as a side note, he was actually in Big Finish before he was the doctor. That's cool. And it was actually... He did several Paul McGann episodes and stuff like is that. Is he the so. one that... I know there was one of the, one of the recent Doctors... It's either Tennant or, um, I mean, it has to be David Tennant, but actually in grade school wrote uh, like a, a report about like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, I want to be Doctor Who. I want to say it's him. I want to say it's David Tennant. I want to agree with that because he also he also read Doctor Who magazine as a child. Yeah. Like when he would do interviews for the current magazine, he made a point of saying in there like, I always looked forward to being, uh, hoping someday to be in this magazine, reading it as a child that I could, be, you know, have something to contribute to it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and I know Capaldi said that he, as a kid too, yeah, wrote that's, to the I, magazine. That's, what I, that's where I was going. It's like, yeah. it's either David Tennant or Peter Capaldi who were both childhood Doctor yeah, Who fans. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was pleased to hear that too because, yeah, especially Capaldi was ripping out all kinds of things. Like, when they just mentioned bringing back the Cybermen, he's like, oh, I hope it's the ones from Mondas again because yeah. they never really <laughs> fully explained that story. So yeah. I'm like, wow. I'm like, I'm glad somebody else, you know, that he would have that kind of knowledge. So, But we're getting way too far ahead. We were at the point where we were trying to figure out, well, not trying to figure out. I was trying let's to figure out. Let's jump into TARDIS and get back. Yes. Oh, why it was canceled. Yeah. So we, uh, very good. Um, it's better than... 
switch. Yeah, that's true. That yeah, that got old even before we started our podcast. Yes. That, that got old during the presentation. But uh, <laughs> so we uh, we've established kind of what happened to Tom Baker, but the show kept going with the same executive producer. Exactly. And well, now to carry on with this, and this is probably going to make you love him even more, uh, John Nathan Turner. <laughs> uh, basically, he didn't want to. He didn't want to continue the show. He didn't want to continue producing the show. He wanted to leave and go on doing other things. Was the show doing well? Yes, it was. Because it was I'm trying to figure out popular. if he wanted to leave, why didn't the producer just say, fine, get out of here, we'll get somebody else? Well, there was, it was, there there was, a, drop was a lot of drama there. was there. a drop-off not too long after Davidson took over, and I don't believe it was Davidson's fault. I think there was just the a hardcore... The Tom Baker. Yeah, there was a hardcore Tom yeah. Baker audience mm-hmm. that just kind of didn't appreciate or even give a fair chance to it. And then I think by Colin Baker... And I don't mean to get us off the subject, but this mm-hmm. I think this kind of is important to get to. Colin Baker, to a lot of people, was a Tom Baker ripoff. Now, that's not taking anything. Oh, I think it's worse than that. Yeah, I, I'm not, not taking anything away from the man's ability to act or do what he wanted to do or anything. But they gave him a goofy coat. He had the curly hair. And he just happened to have the last name Baker, too. That, that, sh- that I mean, that is coincidental um, with the last name. But a lot of people felt like they were like, okay, Davidson doesn't make you happy. Well, we'll try to give you Tom Baker, but not Tom Baker. Mm. That's, but I will tell you that is actually not what happened behind the scenes. I was going to get to Colin Baker for that. That is actually something, and and uh, J and T kind of revealed this in his memoirs. Actually, shortly before he died, mm-hmm. he was talking about it. Uh, what happened with Colin Baker? Because first off, Colin Baker's doctor was nowhere like Tom Baker. He was, oh, he was actually mean. very revolt. He okay. was very mean. He was psychotic. Yeah. He wanted to do there. He gave him that absolutely over the top, ridiculous coat. That was him. As I mentioned, he wanted to get off the show. Apparently, there's some drama. They kept trying to lock him in for that. He didn't want to do that. He didn't want to do Doctor Who. He didn't want to do Doctor anymore. He wanted to move on, but they kept locking him in. He, that was him attempting to sabotage the show. He was trying to say, he wanted to say, okay, you want this? I'm going to go crazy. And I'm going to just push this like into like insane limits. Well, this is what's good because I'll give you the part where what we what we were perceived to see, mm-hmm. and then you're get, you're filling in the detail about what was going on behind the scenes. So let's scenes. establish to the time frame. So um, Tom Baker, eighties, late seventies, late seventies, yeah, early eighties, seventy four to eighty something. Okay. Okay. I, funny thing is, I don't even know the dates of the actual doctors. So so after Tom Baker, 75. we're we're at like early eighties, mid eighties, mid eighties. Yep. Tom Baker's out. And then Peter, Peter, Dav- Davidson Peter Davidson's in. in. He's the fifth doctor. He goes he, a couple of... I think he went uh, three, four years? Tom Baker went 74, 75. I he went seven years, eight, I believe. So seven, seven years, years for Tom so Baker. So 82, 83. Davidson, I want to say, did 84, 85? How many seasons did Colin Baker do is the question. Two. Okay, so then he did like 86, Matter of fact, Travel of the Time Lord was supposed to be the original end of the series. Right, so he did like 86, 87, and again, forgive us if we're off a year or two yeah. here. And then I, I and McCoy closed out up in, I, in into 89. He right? did two seasons right. as well. 88, 89. So I think we actually are on mm-hmm. right with our numbers. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, but yeah, and that's eventually what happened is it's the, well, he brought, uh, he brought, you know, Colin Baker, numbers tanked. Yeah. And I felt really bad for Colin Baker because, uh, well, and I did, actually at the time I didn't because I reviled, I reviled him too. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, I hated, <laughs> no, I hated him too. A lot of people hated it. And he was he was recanting later how he was getting his exact words where he's like, I was getting letters from the fans saying, you're nothing but shite and you destroyed this <laughs> show. And it's like, you got to understand, this is what the director wanted, not me. On a side note, for Colin Baker's defense, Big Finish 
Now, I mentioned them before. They've done audio dramas. Yeah. They brought all the doctors back. They took, They brought Colin Baker back. They calmed him down. He is fucking amazing. That's because he finally decided finish. to embrace the role. Yes, and he is uh, He is by far one of they cut Big Finish actually refers to him as their doctor. They said they would have never imagined it. They didn't really kind of want to do it because they were like, oh, God, it's Colin Baker. They did one episode, like how he was angry and that, and they said, can we try it? I don't want to do that. The fans hated that. Let's try it this way, and oh, my God, he's amazing. But anyways, let's get back to what happened. Eventually, um, he... Um, they were going to end the show on um, Trial of a Time Lord. Now, I forget the guy's name. There was a specific guy who actually nixed the show because the show was getting completely unpopular at that point. Yeah, so you've got a decline from Davidson after Baker. Oh, they replace him with Colin Baker with the idea that, okay, maybe we give people more of what, like, back to the the look. So that lasted two years. Right, but but like, like uh, Mike was saying... Colin Baker's doctor was not anything like Tom Baker's, other than maybe some physical appearance similarities. He is, as far as I know to this date, like the only doctor who actually tried to kill his companion. Yep, oh, on screen. He actually yeah, he went, he went nuts and tried to choke Perry. Right. So, I mean, far cry from Tom Baker. No, really. So once they finally stopped locking him in and they got him out, um, they did, and, and Michael will get this in a second, but then they go into McCoy. And I don't think McCoy had a shot, no matter how good or bad you want to say he was. By that time, like the him. show was kind of yeah. unsalvageable. Yeah, he he could have been the Michael Gray. That's the name I wanted to say. I'll get to him. Yeah, you could have put the greatest actor in the world in that role at that point, and that show was ready, you know, on its last on its breath. last legs yeah. to begin with. So Sylvester McCoy, we're talking now seventh doctor, late late eighties, eighty eight, eighty nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was sad because they actually just started, like, like Sylvester McCoy just started getting comfortable with the direction of his doctor in that seventh season. A lot of people, I don't know why, but they re- a lot of the fans championed uh, Curse of Fenric as to be this, like, amazing piece of, like, you know, written story. I hated it. I don't understand why, but, yeah, it's, it's revered as, like, one this great, like, thing it was in, that, in the final season. So how long Sylvester McCoy, then? Two years. Two years. Just two, okay. Two years. So the last that, two doctors long, were only two years each? Yes. Actually, wow. I didn't yeah, know and that. Uh, Davidson was two, only three, I think. He was, like, three, yeah, I want so to say three years or something like that. After Tom Baker, was nobody really carried it very long. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there was really not that long of a break between the end of the series and that 90s Fox. Oh, it was pretty long nine enough. Year, nine years. Really? I, I, I so it was late '90s. '98. Yeah. Was wow. I watched it with Andy Barron over wait, at his nine, like apartment at, at Mo Haynes' apartment. That, that thing. That thing looks so old. Wait, '96 or '98? '90. I want to say '98, but it could have been '96. It's one of those two. It's in that range. Wow. I want to say '96. Yeah. That so is crazy because it looks like seven, to, seven, to nine years. One or the it other. It looks like a product product of the late '80s when you watch it. It doesn't look like it came out it's in the nineties. Because you just associate Eric Roberts with late eighties. Well, trash. yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, help. he's like that bad guy that was in. And him totally hamming it up. I dress for the occasion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's sad because when he walked out in that Time Lord outfit, I was like, "That's cool." And then once he started doing that, I'm like, "Oh Jesus!" Just like it's like here's this beautiful painting, and I just took a shit all over it. <laughs> but the the thing, and I and like you know, I didn't. We watched it. Well, did we watch it together, Coop? Or yeah, yeah, we did. I think we watched it at my house. Actually. Did we watch it? At, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I remember watching the whole thing and being like, "That it. was fucking terrible." But uh, I just the fact that I was like shocked because here's Sylvester McCoy. So they're establishing this. Like, we're not messing around. This is canon, Dr. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Here's Sylvester many McCoy. Of the British people. The American fans, 
I don't think we're as upset by it because it was like, well, we made an attempt. The British people revered the show in a different way. And when they saw this, they they wanted everything they could at the time to make that not be canon somehow. But the McCoy tie-in was like almost basically made it impossible not to. Well, I Mm -hmm. think the the biggest error that the movie made beyond the half human thank you yeah yes. that's kind of where i was going with that at one point the doctor and how how is it it's it's a very non sequitur comment that he makes in the middle of a conversation yeah. about something else he was talking about how he was, he was he was originally using it as a distraction with the professor to pick his pocket yeah. he said well i'm half human on my mother's side and something yeah. like that while he was picking his pocket to get the uh, thing there so and then it eventually became a plot point for apparently somehow a human eye opens up the eye of harmony which now somehow is inside the heart of the tardis which by the way big finish actually explain they wrote in a one story that actually explains why a human eye uh, uh, affects the eye of harmony. Mm. Uh, it was actually they had to reroute the system because of due to a, in a plot, and they actually attached it to one of the companion's eyes. It's and funny. so they actually said it was like still lingering in there. It's <laughs> funny. Big finish to me sounds like the cleanup crew. Mm-hmm. For a lot of the mistakes are made. I've like, got a lot of opinions about Big Finish that are even beyond that, but go ahead. Well, because like in this, you hear a lot of this with with Star Trek, with a lot of the Trekkies, where they're like, "Well, by now the you know Khan and, and all that should have happened by now." Like they they're believing mm-hmm. that because Star Trek takes place in a human you know Earth world and and has actual literal time dates that can be our future. So many Trekkies want to believe that. These things will happen. Not, not that they're delusional, but they're like, well, how do we explain the con didn't happen now that the year has passed in, in real earth time? So like they write – like there's authors that go out there and write these books to try to compensate mm-hmm. to readjust the canon for like, well, here's why it didn't happen. Kind of like the Terminator movie. The reason it didn't happen is because it was written in 1960 and Gene yep, right. Roddenberry figured that yeah. 1990 was far enough away where nobody would care about any of this crap by that time and remember it for that matter. Same thing like people are doing with Back to the Future because it's it's now going to be two years after where it takes place. Yeah. But the same, you know. Oh, Doctor Who's ran into a couple of things there too. Uh, in 1986, we should have already have seen our the sister planet of Mondas approach our orbit. Yeah. And we should have already been invaded by the Cybermen. That's the true. funny thing yeah. about Doctor Who, though, what you can do, and I know they've done it, is where you can basically another event in the future resets a, uh, an event in the yes. past. Because this way, it explains why this didn't happen, or like yeah. why when the Daleks Since are invading you have the time Earth, travel, you could do anything. Right now, well, the Daleks are uh, invading Earth, and people are like, "Who are those? We've never seen them before." But wait, you should have. You should have seen them a numer- numerous times in the old series. Right, right. So they, they well, find another a way reference to cover that, that. Uh, unfortunately only you'll get, Mike, is that in 1999, I didn't see any Zentradi. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah, that's keep it up. It happens. Keep it up. Yeah. Anime, sorry. <laughs> I know. It's, uh, You're getting better. You knew what a Zentradi was. And no, I just knew to. it was from there because I didn't know what it was. So I knew it had to be from there. I'm going to give about five animes in any podcast I'm in. And then and you're out. out. Yeah. And so that's, yeah. Like, that's like three. Well, that's, that's pretty it. Good. Just throw the headset down. That's pretty out. good. Yeah, that's a pretty good number. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> You'll use all five. I know. I will. will yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, by this point, we're to the, uh, you know, we're past the, the, the movie in the nineties and I really, there's not much more that we can mm-hmm. say about that thing. But, uh, beyond that is, uh, kind of the book, the audio. Well, and then the audios kicked in and I'd like to actually kind of stress in the audio because a lot of setup, in my opinion, came from the, uh, big finish audios for the new series. Yeah. One of those is, uh, Nicholas Briggs, uh, 
who fans of the new series will actually know him as the voice of the Daleks. Right. Um, he actually... And was um, also in the IT crowd. Was he in the IT crowd? Yeah. He was uh, Denim's uh, right-hand man in the IT crowd. Uh, I don't he, even remember he, that. He's the guy that comes into Roy and says, uh, you do know we are burying a great band today. I believe that's that guy. I think I think that's that guy. Really? Yeah. Oh, God, Am I, I, do, you, do you know? I know who you're talking about. I'm just laughing because I'm thinking of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's him or not. <laughs> yeah, but... yeah, yeah. No, maybe I'm mistaken. He, he is a Doctor Who voice. Who is he? He's... No, it's not the Dalek guy. I know. Because um, no, Nicholas Briggs is a little older than that guy no, no, no. That you're talking about. Oh, I'm wrong. It's, what's the Doctor Who correlation? The Ood. Oh, okay. He's, he's, he's the, the Ood. Ood. I'm sorry. Oh, one of the actors plays the Ood? Yes, I'm completely wrong. But okay. I did have it right that there was a, a connection between the IT crowd and Doctor Who. Just had the wrong guy. But uh, ah. yeah, the voice of the Ood is the guy that's in uh, the IT crowd. Oh, there's. if you want to talk connections, we could talk classic series. I can't tell you how many uh, actors were in there. In classic series, who were in like just movies like Star Wars and stuff. Oh, jeez. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, it was the, filmed in London, so yeah. Yeah, like the the Minotaur in uh, the Time Monster was that was the actor who played the Minotaur in that one was the actor who went and played Boba Fett in Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Jeremy Bullock, jeez. is it? Jeremy Bullock, I think, I think so. Mm-hmm. And or was, he, um, or was he the voice? I don't know. I, I, uh... Also, there was um, at, I believe his name is Admiral Ozzel. Who's the one in Empire? The first admiral who gets killed by Darth Vader over the video screen. So, Admiral Oswell? is it? Is it Ozzel? Could be. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He is played by. Ner- we're, we are destroying our nerd cred right now. By the oh, way. Oh yeah. We're just going to do this. Um. You would actually know the guy who played uh, in Pyramids of Mars, the brother of Marcus Scarman. That is him. That's the Admiral from Star Wars. That's it, from, from Empire, Empire Strikes, Strikes Back. Back, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now that you mention it, yeah, I remember it, but I mean... I, can, I feel that, bad because I, I actually forgot his name, but I've talked to him several times. He was a wonderful guy. He's dead, sadly dead now, so... Okay. And, well, anyways, going back to, like, well, where yeah, the Vader order... killed him. Well, stop, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh, Big Finish did. Nick Briggs came... And uh, he became executive producer, uh, although Jason A. Hellery was the main producer of Big Finish Range. Okay. They started doing Doctor Who, and um, like he he was very meticulous with this stuff. Like he wanted to recreate the Dalek voice, and so he he couldn't do it electronically. So he actually made the ring modulator. And believe it or not, all of this ties in. So eventually, when they started trying to bring the series back. Um, a lot of uh, writers and stuff came in. Russell T. Davies, who did the Virgin novels and stuff, he jumped in. At this time, Russell T. Davies was known for Queer as Folk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He began, that's where he made his name. Which I only recently found out from you. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was his big claim to fame. And then he jumped, so then he made, became executive producer. And when they, and it's funny, when they, like I said, Terry Nation's estate, uh, when they went and di- they approached them for like the Daleks, they said, you know, we are go- we were going to have the Daleks back. And this guy's going to do the voice. Huh. Yeah, because they said Nick Spriggs, because they said, we love this guy. And yeah. so that's, they brought the big Finnish voice of the Daleks in. Also, the story, Dalek, it, written by Rob Sherman, is actually a complete rewrite of Rob Sherman's original big Finnish audio, Jubilee. Jeez. <laughs> so, See, this yeah. Is what, this is what happens when you have 50 years of history. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's all. So, which is, it's, which is, ve- which is very little different, which is complete, two completely different scripts. Yeah. Because like, Jubilee is all, like a whole different animal. It, it's basically, um, it's the same idea. It's about a lone Dalek being tortured by humans and stuff like that. And that's where the similarities ends. Yeah. Uh, Jubilee is about a Dalek and like what it does and how it kills and stuff like that. And the idea of the uh, time war. Jubilee, it was all about a lesson in un- understanding and respecting and learning from history. Hmm. 
It's, it, it is a really bloody drama, that one. <laughs> okay. So, but anyways. So, yeah. Big finish. Then we get to the new series. So. Yeah. So, 2005. Well, how did that happen? Do we know how that happened? Well, I know there were at least, I want to say Russell for sure Davis, one, but there was two attempts it. to revitalize it mm-hmm. prior to 2005, after the TV movie. After the movie, TV movie. Okay. That there were, there were always talks that it was that they would they knew that they were eventually going to bring it back. I think the BBC always knew it would come back. It was just a matter of when, not if. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there would always be like these rumblings, like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna do this up." And I um, I, I can't remember the year now, but it, there was an anniversary point. Um, two thousand three would have been the anniversary point of forty years. The fortieth years. And they were they were really aiming to do something for that, and they did do something, but it wasn't. Obviously, a relaunch wasn't of the show. The show yeah. There, there mm-hmm. was something, and I'd have to look it up now, but they did do something to at least acknowledge the time. Yeah. But that, in my understanding, from what I read, and I believe I read this in Doctor Who magazine at one point, was was the catalyst that basically got it going. When, when talk of the 40th anniversary was coming around and what were we going to do? Were we going to try to bring all the old actors back? Were we going to try to do something new? And they never really got together on on a finalized like idea of what they really wanted to do. So they kind of threw something together to just acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. But that is what got, and and somebody could correct me if if I am wrong, but I swore that's what I read. That that's what got the ball rolling behind the scenes. Like okay, maybe it's time. Let's not just end the conversation now that the 40th anniversary is going to pass. Let's let's keep talking. Yeah. And but we got to find the right person. And then Russell T Davies was associated with Queer as Folk over there, and it was a big success over there. And he's all he's been a lifelong fan. He's never hidden that. So he he's the one who uh, my understanding that pushed the BBC because of the yes. weight that he carried from Queer as Folk. He pushed that you know, that agenda like yes. they were like, Yeah, maybe, yeah, eventually, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, but he wouldn't let it go. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they he would keep calling, he would keep talking to the people and they're like they'd keep kinda saying they wouldn't say no. But they wouldn't say yes. They just kept saying, well, we'll talk about it. And he, instead of him saying, okay, we'll talk about it, he's like, no, we'll talk about it now. Yeah. And he's like, I'll do this. I have ideas. Let's try it. You know. And, and then that's what got it going. For me, and if you want to jump in with anything, that's, you know, go ahead. But hey, go fast so far. I agree with, with me, what, what I've heard, too. How I, rem- how I personally knew it was coming back was funny because I was at uh, Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. In, in Joliet, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at the magazines, and there's um, not, Starlog was gone by now, but there was like just a, a normal like sci-fi magazine that has updates on all kinds of different sci-fi stuff. And up, real tiny, in the right-hand corner, is it says Doctor Who question mark returns question mark, and I'm like, huh? Yeah. Like to me, you continue with the audio adventures and everything. For me, it kind of out of out of sight, out of mind mm-hmm. for a long time because to me it was dead and it was you know if it ever came back, cool. But I mean, it was not something in the. So in you the see this show. magazine and you're like, her? Yeah. So I mm-hmm. grab the magazine, I start looking at, it, and I'm like, holy cow, it's coming back. Yeah. Yep. And I remember right after that talking to you, <laughs> and I said, hey, there's this show coming from England. Do you know any way that we could watch it? Because I'd really be interested in seeing how they're going to present it. Because I used oh yeah, you know, what's it called? Yeah, that's what you <laughs> say. You're like, yeah, what is it? And I'm like, Doctor, and you're like, yeah, that'd be all you. I don't want to. I don't want to see that. I know that. And I'm like, well, that's just it. I don't know if I'm going to like it now either. I liked it as yep. a kid. I don't know if I'm going to like this new version, but I want to see. So what they your do. Uh, your pitch, as it were, was 
it, we're gonna watch we're gonna watch it together we'll mm-hmm. we'll experience it together neither one of us knows what to expect here right. so we, you mm-hmm. you watch it with me it's sci-fi you know we, yeah. we, and that's how Russell T Davis originally did it when he did it he wanted it to be introduce a whole new audience to it. So, yeah, well, in much the same way that Russell T. Davies wore down the BBC, so too was I worn down by Coop, (laughs) who said, we should, you should watch it, because he's like, you know, because I was the guy who had access to the, you know, this was going to be on in England, so I had access, you know, I had the internet, and I knew how to find all this kind of weird crap that I always was able to find, Mm -hmm. and you're the guy, if anybody can find it, you can find it, can you get these up? This is before they were, like, going to show it in America. Yeah, because BBC America didn't start airing episodes here until late in the tenant years yeah mm. so after it got Eccle- popular yeah eccleson was already come and gone and done because he only did one season tenant i want to say was in was in season three with martha already yeah or maybe even as far as donna before bbc america start running the episodes here it actually yeah. ran briefly on sci-fi you're channel right first that's right okay. i totally forgot about that it briefly ran on sci-fi channel very short amount of time. I think they only got the Eccleson season, okay. and then it was gone. Yep. And then BBC America said, no, that's our show. We're putting it on here. Yeah. But for those of us who fortunately had access to it prior to that, it yep. became it was already popular. Like We were three, four seasons popular into it before it hit here. Where, where the As a matter of fact, I actually got the, uh, I got, the, I've got the first episode before they actually even – Got in the uh, the um, Murray the first Murray Gold theme song in it actually had the original Doctor Who theme song dubbed in over the visual effects. Oh wow! And oh yeah, it was actually kind of neat that it had that one. That's so. interesting. But then that's why Matt Smith became so popular. The um, the eleventh Doctor, for those keeping track at home, mm. <laughs> the eleventh Doctor became so popular here because you just caught on the tenant. Is you, you, I'm not saying you didn't get the best of him, but like by the time it started to get established here, like people are like, "What's this Doctor Who or whatever that's starting to air on BBC America? What is this and all this stuff?" Tenant was ending, yeah, and it didn't help that the way they he went out with that spacing for the four specials that were spaced out over a course mm-hmm. of the year. Yeah. So when Matt Smith hit, everybody was ready to see what the show was about. Like Tenant kind of laid the foundation. But Matt Smith kind of brought it home. And then, now, see, I thought... Dallas is I'm making a face. What's yeah, I hate to say it. I'm kind of making the face because, unfortunately, my experience with the fans is Tennant is the doctor for a lot of people. He's the that one, was the one that he's brought the it one in. For the, well, fortunately, he's the one different than our childhood where we were exposed to whatever basically public television could give us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you had connections like my club had, you could see other doctors before they aired in their normal cycle. Yeah. Even still, even before BBC America, people like us, and there were other people that were fans of the old show or whatever, or even new fans, just curiosity, checking out things from overseas, the access was much higher than it ever was when we were kids. I think you're underestimating how uh, today's audience is capable of accessing things well no and, and, and i think that's what really hit, i think that's, that's what, what made the, so the people popular. who yeah. are able to access this sort of thing are generally nerds yes and right nerds are the ones who are into doctor and who, that's what so. made tenant popular i'm saying yeah. mainstream america right but everybody probably what you're saying is that by the time all the non-nerds got into doctor yes. who it was already matt Smith absolutely era. the hardcore the nerdier people the hardcore fans Tenant is more popular, no doubt. Mm. I mean, but I think if you yeah, if you ask a lot of people who's your favorite doctor, it's going to be Tom Baker. But if you ask anybody now, 
about the current series, who's your favorite doctor? Most of them are going to say David Tennant. I yes. think the true fans say Tennant. I think it's very, not to use a sports analogy, but it's very much a bandwagon thing. Mm. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, the Cubs won the World Series. I'm a Cub fan. Yeah. You're a Cub <laughs> fan because they won. Have you been a Cub fan suffered for years? You know, it's the same actually, thing. Actually, it's the, 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 the popular uh, myth, I'm actually one of the few who could actually break that, and I could only break it over time, is the the popular myth is your fa- people's favorite doctor is the first one they see. Yeah. yeah. That is all that is generally what generally how it goes. Well, Mr. Science mine, for mine was Tom Baker for a long time. Now mine is John Pertwee. Well, Mr. Science Theater went through the same thing with the mm-hmm. whole Joel Hodgson and Mike Nelson. Yes. There's a big fan base that loves Mike Nelson. There's a big fan base. Oh, I was that loves pissed Joel when Hodgson. Mike Nelson came out. And then I then I loved him eventually. So. See now when I first started watching MST, Mike Nelson was already the guy. Mm. So my guy is Mike Nelson when I watch it. But I go back and watch the Joel episodes and I like him fine. But for me, it's Mike Nelson. Because like we said, well, I saw him first, you know, so he was he was my guy. And it's can be the same thing with Doctor Who, I think. But um for me, definitely it's you know, even though Eccleston was the first doctor I was introduced to. Yeah. It's still David Tennant. You know? so you, you break that then, yes. So. The only reason I feel so secure in saying the Matt Smith thing being so popular is because on, on the Doctor Who websites and chat boards, but even more importantly on BBC America when they and, and Doctor Who magazine, when they did polling over here especially, like who's the most popular Doctor, they were doing that for the 50th anniversary. The American polls showed Matt Smith was the I'm most popular. I'm kind of surprised by that. And wow. I and the, and I'm just not saying I don't believe you. I'm just I am actually no. I, and if I you know you if you when like you I hear me talk when I'm when I'm uncertain of something I say like <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong or I'm not really sure on this or maybe but this is something I know I saw more than one occasion hmm. yeah. and that they were doing the polling and that Matt Smith was polling because I was so upset about it. That's how I, that's why I didn't forget it. I'm like, how can you like him better than Tenon? He's so, Tenon is so much better. Yeah. It has nothing to do with Matt Smith. No, it, it has to do with David Tennant is just that good. Right. That's, that's really what Actually, it I love Matt Smith. He, so I do I. Them equal. So do I, but wow. I just think David Tennant is, he's, he's just so damn good. Mm-hmm. I was originally very leery of Matt Smith. When I first saw that image of him, I was just like, I I actually I said when they first showed us just the picture of Matt Smith not in costume or anything I said literally it, it could be it's the proverbial scene where you just see me staring at the screen and you just hear in the background the sound of a balloon deflating. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I went. I'm, like, the same... I'm just like, what is with this kid? I this do chinny kid going into this thing. That, but to me, he knocked it out of the ballpark. I I did the same thing with Eccleston to Tennant, though. I was like, who's this skinny guy? I don't like this. I was guy. actually worried about Eccleston yeah. when I first saw him. When when I saw him in the lather jacket, I'm like, okay, so what's the doctor's costume going to be like? They're like, that's the costume. I'm like, what? Yeah. That's not and when he was doing the over the top, you know, going gooky, I was like, oh my god, this is what I'm like. I was getting a little worried about him. So let's but then dial, he, by let's the end of Eccleston, I was really happy. Yeah, let, I, let's dial it back for a second. Now we've gotten past the the 90s. We're into the new series. Ninth Doctor, Christopher mm-hmm. Eccleston. Let's talk about him for a second because really, that's all the time he had in the show was a second. Yes, one season. You know why he had only one season, right? Well, as I understand it, he was. Um, he called the production of the show very Hollywood. Like he didn't feel like it was like 
British. It was just very like he didn't get. Oh along. no, actually, I think it's actually quite the opposite. He didn't get along with the staff. Because he did. They that were... is true. He didn't get along with the staff. More specifically, he, he actually went on like something. He was talking with the show. He said he really didn't want to talk to about the production people unless they were there. He, he's very publicly said this mm. because everyone keeps asking why did you leave the show. But what he has said is that he. Yeah, he did not like how the production was done, how they treated how certain that, production that's, people that's what I treated heard. certain. He's other like, I people. didn't, I didn't like watching people uh, above people above other people. You know, they were like basically yelling at people on set. People on set were getting yelled at, and people like don't. You know, that's a Hollywood thing. This is the BBC. We're not. We don't. You know, treat people with respect. And you know, he just didn't like the way things ran I've behind even, the scenes. I've even heard, and this is this is where I'll say. It unconfirmed but i've even heard that some of it there's different factions uh within england like if you never notice when there's a british accent there isn't one british accent there's cockney mm -hmm. there's oh, yeah. different forms of, and my understanding is i've heard that not just that with the yelling and stuff but he felt that there was different treatment towards different people from different areas of england even. yeah yeah so well there's actually kind of an interesting thing with cardiff yeah, with it yeah. filming in Cardiff, and I think there was, I, I know Russell T. Davies had some affinity with Cardiff or something like that, and yeah, there was a little bit of drama involving that. Yeah, so, so there was, I don't want to call, I wouldn't, I don't know if you would call that necessarily full-on racism, but on some level, Well, it's he like if we're here and, like, we're, and we're going to make a stereotype. It's like clicks. Yeah, we're yeah. going to make a stereotype of somebody from the South, we're going to call him a hick. Mm -hmm. Yep. England yeah. has their version of that, too. And, I, yeah. and and from what I've also been gathering, in this, and I still believe that when, uh, Dave, uh, one of the, I think his name was um, uh, Ian Levine. When he left the production, he was reporting about how uh, Russell T. Davies and um, David Tennant have basically taken over the show and were like bullying people, like we're going to do it our way and stuff like that. Now that is an unconfirmed. For, that was I, I by choose him. not to believe this. Yeah. Well, that's why Nothing I negative about David Tennant. Well, see, that's the thing. I and and it's hard for me to believe too, but it does stand of reason. Why both of them left at the same time? Yeah. I still don't believe it was their choice. Yeah, they said it was, but I think it was so much. My personal belief, totally unconfirmed rumor, my own personal belief, it was the same way. Somebody said, "Well, you could stay if you want, but you're going to get a fifty percent cut." Yeah, and what you're due and stuff yeah. like that, and no vacation time, or you can choose now and choose early retirement. So I think that's what it is. Henceforth, one of the things that they've done. With David Tennant, they because Russell T. Davis made a big deal about. He said uh, he gave a hint what uh, David Tennant's last final line was. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And as a matter of fact, he deliberately kept that. Of course, in the fiftieth, that his final line was, "I don't want to go." Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that was kind of Russell T. Davies and David Tennant saying their opinion. Yeah, but I, that's just me. I, well, I like opinion. the idea. I like the concept. Like. I'm not saying you're wearing a foil hat when you say it. I yep. like I, I like a little uh, conspiracy here and there. I, I just don't know. I've read a lot of David Tennant. That interviews. doesn't mean that they were bullies. They might just have been at odds with the uh, with the um, higher ups. Yeah, their vision. Well, there was a lot great. of oddity. Yeah. There was a lot of oddity surrounding the exit. I mean, there was that whole year where there was no show. It's because this has happened a couple of times, actually. Yeah, so this a, has just happened now. Yeah, this is happening the, the right gap now. Years. Yeah, it's happening right now, in fact. Which, but, they, which they kind of make strategic excuses, like, you know, Stephen Moffat leaving. They're like, oh, we're just going to be taking our extra time to make the next season, you know, that much better. It's like, no, you're just taking a gap year to save money. It's okay to say yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's save money or the fact that uh, Stephen Moffat is completely overworked with doing Sherlock and that Doctor too. Who at the mm -hmm. same time. And uh, we'll get into all that. Um, right now... 
I wanted to dial it back to uh, Christopher Eccleston because I remember. We always keep I'm, getting ahead of ourselves. It's I okay. Think. It's okay. <laughs> I, I just I keep remembering things that I want to say. Um, I remember watching the show and being like. Well, I'll tell you one thing about Eccleston. Sorry to interrupt, but okay. actually, I do kind of have a personal story that kind of made me go realize something was weird. Doctor Who was just. I was at Chicago TARDIS. Yeah. I was at a convention. And um, they announced the new series, then the writers that was just starting to film. Yeah. I was in there, and, and I had like a, like without was I didn't have all access pass, but the reserve pass. So we were talking to like several of like uh, you know the I was talking to one of the main writers of the series. I won't say his name, and he said he's like and he, he was really candid with us, and he said to his credit, he's like, I want you to be ready for something because I don't know what it means, but all of the executives came and asked us, who do we think should replace Christopher Eccleston if he was to leave, hmm. and we were like, wait, what? Because it's like the series hasn't started yet. It's like it's like I don't know what it means, but I just want you to be ready for that. Oh wow! And so like apparently this was like already a big butthead thing while the production was going. They were already looking. So it might have been yeah, like right away. Okay, well we're too late in the production, but this guy's you know yes. Either either this guy's got to go or he's saying I got to go. Yeah, there was know? definitely it was definitely happening during that production. Wow, and I so. think if that happens once the show is established. They could even conceivably replace a doctor mid-season, but when you're relaunching a show, yes. you know after technically not being on TV, not counting the movie from '89 to 2005, that's the last thing you need is a setback to like, okay, we're not going to do it yet. We're going, you know, people, you you you, you think got all stay, this money on branding? Yeah, you you can't stop now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're rolling in with uh, Christopher Eccleston, which if you on screen, none of that came out. He was a pro, you know, he, yeah. he, he, it, he was fine. And uh, I have to tell you, I wasn't really 100% with the show. Like it was one of those things where oh, like... Just a theme. There you go. I honestly oh. think the very first episode was a very weak one. That was too. It was very and then, weak then, Especially launch. the classic series I was like, with, uh, the Autons. Yeah, I was yeah. like, this is really not great. Burping trash cans and that yeah. that really bad Mickey did the pizza and, and the like other Burl's and the other thing to too was um, the music. If you remember, like now in, in Doctor Who, now the music is like I you've never heard a television series with music this good, a mm. full orchestra and yep. everything. It's like a, a theatrical quality soundtrack. Have you seen every... the concerts that they? Oh yeah, oh, they're great, yeah. amazing. Yeah, the, 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 they do these concerts that contain all the music from the series, these live concerts, and it's just amazing, amazing music. But going back to that first season, while the theme song was an orchestra, the music in the show was still kind of electronic style. Mm-hmm. Like, and I remember that very clearly that thinking. I remember very clearly thinking the music sucks too. Mm-hmm. Like the story was lame. The music. They repeated not good. a lot of the music too, and it? and you were like, and I remember you being like, ah, oh, what do you think? Should we watch another one? Yeah, because I wasn't sold. Yeah, on that. Yeah. but I'm, I was. The second one kind of did though. it for me. That gave me help when they went to Victorian England. Oh wait, no, the second no, one the second was on they go in space. The planet. But, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. the end of the earth. That one was good. That one. That one I liked that something. one, and I was like, that was cool. Okay, right. I'm I'm okay. Let's move on. And then it was like Daleks, like shortly no, after. The, the fourth one was uh, Victorian England, one with the ghosts. Okay. Uh, and uh, Charles Dickens. Yeah. Because then I, the Daleks. Yeah, because I remember the episode was called Dalek, and mm-hmm. you were like, oh, this is a thing. Yeah. And I was like, all right, you know, whatever. And so I'm watching it. I'm like, are oh, these guys are lame, you know, but, <laughs> but whatever. But you explained to me, no, this is like an institution. They're a big deal. Mm, there's know, no way you like, were going to get around it. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, you know, they're and honestly, like, the way that one was presented, the Dalek wasn't as bad. It was more interesting because 
unlike the classic, I mean, I won't say it never happened in the classic show, especially in Genesis of the Daleks. You got a really good idea of how they were created and everything. But in this episode, you get, like, if there's such a thing of a, they're not a race that has a lot of character. Yeah. But in that episode, you kind of feel like they're giving it some right. character. Brother, yeah. man, I need to lend you Jubilee. Yeah. The, the original there. Because that's exactly what, it, that's the thing that it, it delved so much into the the idea the, the theology behind the mind behind a Dalek. Right. Yeah. And that's one thing I'm going to say I feel a little spoiled by. Big finish, when it came to the Daleks, they, because I, I agree, the, new, the even in the classic series, they were kind of dumpy. And I don't like how they were handled in the uh, new series even today. Yeah. Big finish, the way they deal with the Daleks, they took, they nailed them out of the ballpark. I yeah. mean, they are terrifyingly intelligent. Oh, okay. You know, plan, they, they plan six things ahead. Like you say, they deal into the psychology behind yeah. them. Like they're going into the psychology behind humans, trying to figure out how to use human emotion against them. Mm. And it seemed like by doing that in that episode of Dalek, they were, gonna, they were going to appear to give you a different kind of Dalek that you weren't always used to. Yeah. And I was like, well, I still don't really like them because the, you know, the sound of them and everything just drives you nuts. But if they're going to develop them into a different type of character, I can live with that. If I'm yeah. going to have to live with them, no matter what, at least give me something of more substance. Mm -hmm. But then they would kind of retract back to the old, you know, very standstill, just, do the robotic almost sense of things. Mm -hmm. But then they would also, then they would jump back and forth. Like the, Get a little the bit Tenet. of Dalek Khan and well, stuff like the, that. Well, you got the uh, episode with David Tennant where um, the Dalek basically becomes half human. Yeah. Yeah. In old New York, mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. 1920s New York, whatever. Where Which I loved. I really thought that was a great story. I apparently, didn't. the fans were They hated it. it. Yeah. They hated it. They, and it, I feel so bad because the writer, apparently, they, they went on online and just scathed her and yep. apparently she was crying yeah, over it yeah, it was, it was so bad that rob bad sherman feedback. actually went online and he's like scolded out the fans were like what the hell it's like why are you doing this i you thought know? it was original and different and i, I thought it was I great liked it. yeah, yeah daleks it. in manhattan yeah. was a yeah. great story my, my wife hates that episode too <laughs> but uh, well, the only, the only cringeworthy part is the whole the dalekanium parts i thought it was the pig people yeah. That a little bit was a little hurtful too. But yeah, everything about it was like I, I wasn't hundred percent sold, and it was a really so anybody who's made it one hour and thirty minutes into a Doctor Who podcast and has never seen the show should know that it's a slow burn at the beginning. If you're going to watch it from <laughs> season one, it is you know you really can't. Yeah, you really have to give it some time and let it soak in because I wasn't sold on it until. And I didn't even re I, I can't even give you an until because I didn't even realize I was sold on the show until. Eccleston left. Mm. I didn't even know. Like I was just, I was just along for the ride. Like you were still watching it, so I'm like, well, I, you know, I, it's not bad. I like that one in space, the second one, like mm -hmm. we said, and you know, they continued to be good enough. Where I was like, I'll keep watching and see where this goes. It's okay, you know, it's not like my favorite show. It's not whatever. I was just kind of rolling with it, and then when he was leaving, I was like, wait, what? What? <laughs> this guy, this dude's leaving already. Well, I, but I like him. Oh, wait a minute. I like the show. <laughs> I just figured it out. I didn't. It just hit me like when he was leaving. That's when it all like came full circle, and I realized I actually sort of liked the show. And to like it at the end of the first season, you know, that says nothing compared to what's to come. You yeah. Know, the, the seasons two and three were uh, and four were just um, unbelievable, man. Uh, so if you can make it through one, you know, you'll be in. You'll I be don't. In good I don't shape. think you'll suffer through one. I think you'll. 
I think it's a- average, maybe slightly above average, compared, especially compared to the rest. But I here's just, what I say to people who start with the, uh, the season one of the new series. I always say this, and they always laugh when the fans who have heard this always say. I always put it this way: if you can make it past the episode with the farting aliens, you're good. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> well, there were what was the, wasn't there one like? No, I must be thinking of David Tennant. I know there's a couple episodes that we all kind of mutually like, like cringed at a few. Loving um, monsters. Yeah, there's one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I well, I, I told you. Fear her. Opinion. I think fear was hers. another one. Yeah, fear her. Which one's yeah. fear her again? That's with the little girl and she draws the picture. The Olymp- I think the Olympics. Oh, at the yes. very end, and the, yeah. doesn't the doctor light the torch? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Was that was <laughs> did we establish was that accurate the Olympics for that year because they were in the future a little bit yeah, yeah. London had already been awarded the okay Olympics so London yeah, yeah they were going to be at the London Olympics yep. but it was several years before. That. Hey, classic classic series uh, tidbit that was supposed to be in the uh, the new series. I'm going to say this. Do you remember the episode? I believe it was the Lodger. Is that the one where there was that ship in uh, uh, upstairs? Yeah. What's his face yeah, in there? The guy that uh, hosts the Late Late Show now. Yeah, that hosts Late Late Show now. He um that episode where there was the creature that was like cat and kidnapping the people and turning into the shadows of themselves. Okay. The, yeah. the, the duplication. That I'm just looking at coop for this one. The original script. That enemy was supposed to be Megloth. Yeah, because the ship is designed very similar to something from the from the Zulfan Furens from the from the classic series. Doesn't I, he say this is a TARDIS when he sees it? Oh, yeah, it was a it was a type of a ship, and that was a lot of people were. I, they they really didn't touch much on that. It's interesting how the new series will and won't tie into the old series. Like they give the old just enough, yeah, to be like, oh, cool, I know what they're referring to. But they never lose the new audience with it. It's yeah. like yeah. it's it, it's a very well they done nod. Stuff. They have to walk a line. Like like we were talking about in the prior podcast, like how Rogue One kind of felt like sometimes they were forcing things in just to be like, see, you know these characters. Yeah. Like, are you Who talking to me about that? like when Walrus Man and them and Snaggletooth or whoever showed up in there? That wasn't just a blatant thing, yeah. right? <laughs> that, yeah, things like yeah. that. Where where the yeah. doc where Doctor Who. Does a does a tasteful nod like a, like a we got you we we know you we know you're gonna pick up on this and you'll appreciate it. Yeah, we're not gonna shove it down your throat like you know. Here's all this old lore. You better you know. Eat not it. even with Sarah Jane did yeah. they do that a lot. They did. So. They handled her great. Oh my god, bringing her back was perfect. <laughs> yeah, the way when she sees the TARDIS, you know Elizabeth <laughs> Sladen, boom nails it. Yep, great. Yeah, shame. I yeah, know she she's passed away. she's gone now too. Um, yeah, and that was the other thing. We're uh, we're one one day past uh, the passing of uh, John, John Hurt. Hurt. It, he literally passed away last night. Yeah, and I think I even texted you saying like, "Oh my god, I think we're gonna have like uh, a major subtopical uh, part of uh, our sort podcast." Of, yeah, sort of a topical thing in our podcast. I just that, want to uh, clarify to the audience that just because I'm on the podcast right after people die. I have nothing to do with any of that. It yeah. just happens to be coincidence. <laughs> Carrie Fisher, rest in peace. John Hurt, rest in peace. I just happen to be coming here regardless. Yeah. He, so, did, he didn't cause it as, as far as we know. Uh, it just. Yeah. But if of, that is the case, we just have to figure out who do we not like, and we need to have a podcast about you on that subject. I'm taking yeah. out the wrong people. I mean, I would be taking out the wrong people. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, one, so one season of... Um, of uh, Eccleston. Brain, thank you. Brain mm-hmm. fart. And then uh, we're on to David Tennant. Slovene fart. Nah. Don't. Why not? <laughs> I, I, you, I'll give you 15 reasons no, why okay, not. No, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> it just worked. So, David Tennant. Why do we like him? The man. Why? I, you know what? Here's one thing I'm going to say. 
for the ladies out there, there's one girl that said, I don't know who said it, but she said it best. He made nerd sexy. <laughs> well, I, you know, I've heard various people say, well, he, he's the first doctor with product in his hair. Yes, this is true. <laughs> I'll answer. I'll answer for me because I he's easily he's still my favorite. He's my favorite. Tom Baker growing up was my favorite. Yeah. But David Tennant, I don't think he'll ever be knocked off the mantle for me. Um, for me, he's the most. When you watch any kind of fantasy, and I can't speak for everybody, but I think this is a general concept. I know I do it. You try to suspend reality and and try to accept it as almost as if it is reality. Like, how much of this can you believe to be, like, true? You know it's not, but you try to. David Tennant, to me, is the doctor that we all think we could be. Mm. Like, like, we could see ourselves being him. Yeah. You know, when we were kids, the doctors were older. So, we not, you know, like, like you said, you looked at him as like a grandfather – so you, you look at them as like um, role models almost. In, Another in thing around. about Eccleston, very middle of the road. Not too old, but also... Yeah, so he was in his, he was little, in his little uh, bit 40s. of a bald patch. Mm-hmm. Looked a little, he was a little That's older. A, that shows advanced research that they knew how they wanted to bring the doctor back. Yeah. Like what would work best, so, I think. So, you know, he's, uh, one quick season, he's out. And the, then, other, the other thing that I was going to say with uh, Eccleston is he brought a lot of positive enthusiasm even though he had dark emo moments yeah you know he brought a lot of positive fun yeah. to the character and he was it? also not um one of those doctors like some doctors like especially david Tennant, very high opinion of himself mm-hmm. whereas eccleston was just one of the eccleston uh, wait i was referring to Ted. did i say it was eccleston i'm saying that about Tennant. oh okay no what I, well what i'm saying about eccleston is he was one of those doctors who didn't have like he would say things like oh this daft old face and you know mm-hmm. he would kind of like rip on himself you know he would like uh, look at the ears yeah yeah so he would he would, he would say things like that whereas uh, David Tennant would always like look at himself in the mirror yeah. and he would always he was very proud of the it's so proud in fact that he even like killed off one of his own regenerations to stay himself and then there was that whole just like just way too long drawn out build up to his. His demise, the, and mm-hmm. we, we can get yes, into that. that we can much. get into that now, or do you want to get into that later? I'm, I'm just saying yeah. that it, it, the the contrast between Eccleston and David Tennant, right. where well, know, his departure is another issue that I will. I Capaldi mind is about. very much like that, like that uh, Eccleston in a way too, where he's like, you know, he looks the at superficial. Himself, he's not. He's like he looks at himself. Like, look at this ugly face. Oh, look at those eyes. Oh, I'm not. You know, he's like, he's in this body. You know, but he's not like proud of it. You know, whereas, still not ginger. Yeah, but 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 David Tennant and Matt Smith were both very proud to be who they were. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, David Tennant. I don't want to go. I mean, that nope. that says it all right there. Um, Matt Smith had a. You know, Matt Smith. I'll always remember. Well, Matt when Smith the doctor recently, was me. Matt, Matt Smith has also recently uh, said that he actually regretted leaving. Yeah. He actually recently did that uh, in one of the productions. He said he now he wished he didn't let, leave. Well, he was, which makes me wonder. Three <laughs> years. Yeah, it was three years. And Tenet was four. And I was sad because I wanted to see more of Matt Smith. I well, really they, loved him. They finally, both, in my opinion, they finally tapped into, and this is this is way more on Moffat than it is on Matt Smith because as an actor, Matt Smith is a very good actor. The problem is, and Ray and I have discussed this, I'm sure it's come up between you guys too, it became so much more about the story than it did about the characters. It was It was almost like the Amy and Rory show starring the Doctor as a guest. And the arcs and the stories that Moffat created, because he was a writer, when he wrote some of the episodes when Davies was in charge, so those are some of the great episodes. I'm mm-hmm. not taking that away from him. Sherlock's a great show from you know what I have seen of it. It's a great show. Mm-hmm. 
But the thing is, is that he became so involved in trying to top himself year after year to try yes. to make it. How much bigger can I get? How much more can I lose mm -hmm. you and then bring you back, like confuse you? And he lost the ability to let the actors act in that process from my point of view. And then finally, when like Matt Smith said, okay, I'm leaving. And I honestly, and I don't want to blame Rory and, um, and Amy Pond because I honestly think they were good. I don't mm -hmm. dislike them. So don't get me wrong when, when I say this. I, I don't dislike them, but I do feel that they had such an overwhelming presence on the show. When they left and Clara came in, you had a dynamic between Clara and, and the doctor that you finally got to see Matt Smith act because mm -hmm. it's like, hey, I'm leaving. So they're like, all right, well, let's really give some time to the doctor. The companion became the companion again. Mm -hmm. Didn't feel like the lead. To an extreme. Right. Where yes. She was a cardboard cutout we yeah. talked about. We talked right. about that, the cardboard cutout but of Clara. It, but at least at that point, because you do get more of Clara when with Capaldi. So you get to see Olivia mm -hmm. Coleman do her thing. Is it Olivia Coleman? What's her name? Jesus. Jenna Gen Louise Coleman. Jenna Gen Louise Coleman. Sorry, Olivia Coleman's from another show with David Tennant, actually. Yeah. Um, but you, fi you finally get that last half season of Matt Smith as an actor. And it's like, now... Now we're getting it. And it's like, it's so good. He's doing such a great job, and now he's going to leave. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, to me, Matt Smith's faults aren't him. It, it's the show's faults that put him in that position. He did the best he could with what he was being given. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it's not that I, I wouldn't say I, I dislike him or anything. I just think it's like you finally get a good taste of what Matt Smith, and then, then he gets to leave. So, yeah, I would have liked to have seen more of him, too, if we were going to get more of that version of Matt yeah. Smith. Mm -hmm. He was very good by the end. Yeah, I thought it was. And it's a shame. It was a very good, especially also with more with that team with that uh, that dynamic of the uh, the Pasta Noster gang. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that yeah. they were a lot of fun. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, I liked them. See, too. They, my problem with them, they were a lot of fun, and I liked them a lot. The problem is, I don't feel like we got enough of their backstory. That was the only little nitpick I had with them. Well, I was I, well, see, and I was fine with that because I was really hoping at some point we would get an episode. To talk about their bad story. What about Big Finish? Any talk of them doing anything? That's with funny them? that you bring that up. I asked Big Finish that question because Big Finish has actually done. They're now doing the new series. You might be interested. They have done um, David Tennant and Donna now. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, they had Doctor Who. They have a box had set. them on the cover yeah. that they were going to come back and do. Yeah, it. they've yeah. actually. I think they've released season one of theirs for yep. them. For them, they did like four or five stories for their. That's I read, the inter I I read, read their interview about it. They were both. They've very also excited. done the War Doctor. Oh, neat. They actually have Don Hurt back, and it's his. Gets if you if you want to hear season one is amazing wow. with him the other seasons eh, it's kind of interesting it's actually going to be interesting his final season which hasn't been released yet uh, the final series hasn't been released yet he's already recorded so it's going to be bittersweet when this happens yeah really um it, Leela's going to be in it interesting yeah Louise Jameson and one it's kind of, of uh, Tom, for those listening Tom, Tom Baker the fourth Doctor one of his companions yeah yes and uh, so and this is all about the time war so. And oh, she, yeah. and this she story is actually there. the 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 theme of this one is actually this kind of has me worried. Um, it's that the whole theme of this story is called casualties of uh, war in this the, this next season. Well, so I'm actually think this Leela? might be Leela's quote unquote last story. Her hmm. swan song. Yeah, her swan song. But anyways, going there. What I, my point I'm trying to say is they've done the David Tennant. They've done War Doctor. Um, they've done. Uh, they're actually brought River Song into her own little thing now. Hmm. Uh, they've they got the outer pits with past doctors. They've got a whole series of past doctors with new series monsters. Oh wow! They have a whole series like Peter Davison is up against the um, what was it? The Weeping Angels. That's interesting. They, and they have a, they're going to do a Tom Baker versus the Vasanarada. 
Nice. Huh. And several things like that, like Seventh Doctor with the Jadoon. But anyways, they've done all these series. I asked them, Big Finish, why have you not done the Pasta Nostra Gang? And they actually did a spinoff with Strax with Jago and Lightfoot. Okay. <laughs> and it is brilliant. It another, is beautiful. Another characters from the Tom Baker years. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I love those characters. I just wish I... But I asked, I asked Big Finish about that, and they said, we asked about that, we cannot comment. Yeah. There is something something's about brewing. that. Something's, yeah, something's, something's going brewing. Down. Okay. Something's brewing with them. Okay. So I don't know what that is. So. I think, and not to take away from where we're at right now, but to go back to where you were saying about Tenet, and it's important to me because I like him that much. Yeah. The reason I think he's so sellable, and I can't speak for the mainstream masses because, like I said, I saw numbers. Matt Smith outpolled him at certain points. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that blows me away. Wow. Maybe it's because his age felt our age. He was around our age when he came out. So, it, it, but it's just like you could live. I just felt like you could live through the character. You know, you always like as a kid, you wanted to be Han Solo or you wanted to be mm-hmm. be somebody. But at the same time, you you know you you're younger. You know, when 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 a character comes out that you enjoy so much, and he happens to be your age, you can live vicariously through him. You know, instead of wanting to be like, oh, I wish the doctor would come and pick me up and I could be his companion. It's almost like you feel like I could be that doctor now. Well, now, you, 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 unrealistic. Not nobody's. Well, for you know, me, it was uh, his equal. He was equal parts charismatic and terrifying. He embodied everything I felt like the doctor was. Yeah. He was, you know, he was that that smiley, friendly, you know. Just with when, a you, dark past. when you saw him running down an alley with that trench coat on and, and having mm-hmm. whatever adventure, but you also knew at the same time, underneath all that smile and charisma, he was. Oh, this, when he gave the this, ultimatums. This terrifying. Yeah, when, like uh, the first episode with Donna, the, the bride yeah. episode. I mean, he gives the ultimatums. He gives them a choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Leave or you're, you know. Yeah, like other David, David Tennant yeah, had a lot of the best. That the doctor speeches mm-hmm. where he would explain this is who i am and this is why you need to be terrified of me that you know that sort of thing and uh, david tennant always nailed those whenever you know um why should we listen to you because i'm a i'm the doctor i'm a time lord i'm 900 years old and i'm the one that's going to save every one of your lives blah, he would always roll into one of those speeches and, and you would remember I- he was all smiles but now i'm not messing around anymore mm-hmm. you need to know who i am okay I'm in charge, and this is how we're doing things, and it's like, he's so cool. By the way, speaking of that, that's actually one thing I am actually leery of with the new series, and I'm a little bit sad. And this is all started from the Virgin novels. They brought these kind of things in. It's my opinion that since the fans have came, well, since the fans came in writing, since the Virgin novels, and the, even today, these are fans who are writing the shows. You know, old school fans, you know, Mark Gatiss and all of them. These are old school fans yeah. who wrote them, and we're also from the Virgin areas. Um... They have put the Doctor on, in my opinion, too much of a pedestal. Yeah. The whole lonely God thing. They're like, oh, he has seen so much of the universe. He's seen. I never liked that idea. The classic series was about the Doctor exploring, and I always felt we were seeing the the highlights. You yeah. know, the major elements right, 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 of what right. they were doing in there. Um, there was a there was a line in the Big Finish Doctor Who's from Tom Baker that I absolutely love that nailed the Doctor. In my opinion, perfect. He, he was talking to Lila at the end of an episode, and he was saying, he's like, I could spend my entire lifetime exploring what is out there, and I wouldn't even see a tenth of what is out there. Mm-hmm. That, to me, was the doctor. Yeah. He was always exploring. I don't like this, 
I am a god, and you are should be afraid of me. Kind well, of I thing. think what I, I, they made him too much of a superhero, which goes back to another thing that I always used to like about classic series Doctor is, while yes, he's a time lord and he can regenerate. Those were not really plot points. He never did anything like wave his hand and give regeneration and energy or anything like that. Right. The Doctor, you could conceivably be the Doctor if you were intelligent enough. Yeah. That was one thing I loved about the classic series. He used his brain. He wasn't a superhero. Yeah. He was, I mean, he was, of course he was a, he, he had a lot of intelligence. He was very unusual in that respect. I but think I think definitely definitely the apex of what you're talking about was uh, when Matt Smith did his regeneration that blew up a whole building <laughs> and blew up a whole Dalek ship. Like he has like can basically fire Kamehameha. Oh when yes, he re- when he regenerates, I thought that was like a little over the top. I was like, yeah, is he really that powerful? I, I don't. It seems like he, you know, that that seems over the top when Matt Smith can blow up a Dalek. Mother You're talking about when Matt Smith when regenerates Matt's, into when Capaldi. Matt Smith yeah. re- regenerates. Maybe when I, he gets his new set and he's got all that extra that's energy. That's what I'm going to say. That's what it is. Shoot beams out of his set. hands. I was like, that's it's basically a rebirth of a time. That's Lord. where you're going. Mm-hmm. Is that it's too that that is partially that, but then superhero. But yeah, that in and other things, just like you know, where like they were saying, like you know, he's he's a, you know the you know with um, uh, what's her face? Who am I thinking of? Doctor's wife who I can't stand. River, River Song. River Song, thank you. Yeah. Um, she uh like she was saying it's like, oh, you know, he would tie he would wait, he would throw back aliens by just saying by just standing there and being of them being afraid of him and stuff like that. Yeah. The doctor was never really about that. Yeah. No, but as a matter of fact, well, I think what changed between the old series and the new is the time war. That's where I was going with that. Mm-hmm. I think the time war is what made the doctor that figure you backed yourself russell t davies backed him right into a corner right from the get-go yes because you made one of the reasons i i am not a fan of russell t you davies made uckleson dark and brooding and there was a reason why he was dark and brooding mm-hmm. and as ray just said the time war is what made him dark and brooding you didn't know that right away it comes out little by little that he starts mentioning things about it and why he's the way he is and 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 why his so like, let's explain in the beginning in the original series he's a guy beginning. from the planet gallifrey correct yep and he used to go there periodically nope. and hang out with them, nope. but not always. No, actually, he escaped them. Okay, the, and, but I know he the, goes there. Oh, well, here's the thing. He's Eventually, been, in he the does. classic series, he's he goes together, and, but yes. only after a certain point. Between the first and the second Doctor, all the way up until the very last episode of the Doctor, he was on the run from Gallifrey. Right. The original story is he got sick of Gallifrey in life. And he just wanted to explore the universe. He wanted to see everything. Yeah. Or at least this was was established in the war games. Eventually, and why is it, he not allowed to do that? Uh, non-intervention in the affairs of developing races. Time lords do not interfere, and they that that eventually becomes a whole big thing down right. with the time war yeah. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. you find out, yeah, they do. But yeah. anyways, um, eventually, war games happens. That's the end of the second Doctor. That's when we first discover he's a Time Lord and his home planet, that he has a home planet. And they come and they are like the hand of God when they find one because he had to to alert them of a plan. It was almost like a Deus Machinus ending of that story. Yeah. um, Because they found out another Time Lord was actually creating this massive army to like invade the universe. Um, he was using, he was pulling humans out of time to fight each other. Okay. And so t- he calls the Time Lords in, but he is still a renegade from them. Mm. See what so- I mean? Great story. Sorry. Great stories that just didn't have the technology to show them right. on the screen. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. just hear Mike telling it, or if you were to read it, the story, the Sounds ideas neat. are very deep. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
That's the thing. That that was one of the things. Yeah, what there. So and yeah, and so like when the Time Lords came in, they came in with a vengeance. I mean, like they were like slowing down all time. They were coming in like gods yeah. to like take him. And then when they pulled him, that's when they forced him to regenerate and put him, banned him onto Earth. Yeah. At that time, so at this point, he was still a renegade. He was on prison on Earth as the Third Doctor. Um, he never really started going back to Gallifrey. He only went back once in Deadly Assassin. He got summoned. That by this time. Eventually, the third Doctor, this is just the relation of the Doctor, or with uh, get with the Time Lords, the third Doctor went all the way up until the episode The Three Doctors, which is the first time they brought the three Doctors in together. Yeah. And he saved Gallifrey and the universe from a Time Lord named Omega. Okay. And the Time Lords then forgave him. They're like, okay, they gave, well, we don't like what you're doing, but at least we're not on, you're not going to chase you down. Yes. You know? And, but what was worse is they, uh, they gave him back the, um, the, his dematerialization circuit. They gave him back the knowledge to use it, but then they also started sending him mm. to like. He's like, oh, by the way, this, suddenly your coordinates are going to this planet. Oh, okay. Figure out what you need to do. Okay. And he, then he started getting pissed, and they actually brought that a little bit into Tom Baker because he's like, they're telling me what to do. I'm like, I don't like this. Mm. Okay. So, so the point is, in the old series, there was his race and his home planet. And then the big change in the new series that Russell T. Davies makes is there's no more Gallifrey. Why? Because it was destroyed in a war between the Time Lords and the Daleks. And the Daleks, yes. Destroyed, as we find out, over the slowly over the course of the season. I believe by the end of the first season, we know that it was the Doctor. Who and pushed so, the button. Well, it was by the, do- the episode Dalek. Yeah. He was the one that He's said. the one that actually... Push the pushed button. a button, literally, we find out later, yes. quite literally pushed a button to destroy both races mm-hmm. to prevent the entire universe from being destroyed. Um, and there's what, no way after that, there's no way in my mind that you can come back from making him a godlike figure. Yeah. When and I agree with that. I hated that. On the, on the level that he can destroy both of these insanely powerful, powerful race. races. Yep. Um, one of the things I and always sadly, found, though, I think there is a way you could do that. And they, in my opinion... They almost touched on that, especially in the uh, big finish, um, John Hurt one. If they just made him, I don't want to deal with anything anymore. Let's just explore. I don't want to constantly be interfering. But then he ends up having to interfere when he sees something bad or something like that. I think that's fine. Kind of like, you know, the the battered war. The the battered war. I think that's fine if you're going with eventually. But if Mm -hmm. you come through something so traumatic... If you're going to establish, as Russell T. Davies did, if you're going to establish the war aspect and that mm-hmm. you're the last of your kind and you're the last of your kind because you made it happen, there's and, and you're the character, you're making it clear the character's just coming out of all these events. Mm-hmm. There's no way you could be, I mean, you could, you could go through that like, I don't even want to think about it, I'm just going to explore type of thing. But sooner or later, because you've established that, you're going to have to come yes. around to it. Oh, yeah. I so mean, you I might agree. As well hit it, right? You either hit it on the ground running like he did, or you come back to it sooner or later. And I think if you're gonna, if he was going to go with that whole aspect as he did, I think hitting the ground with it made more sense. It, it does make more sense, sadly. A deeper character mm-hmm. version of him. But some, like you said, in my opinion, not. Uh, but in my opinion, it's it's gone him down a route now. Yeah, yeah, now and that's the problem. Yeah. Now that could also be be, be fuddy duddy because there's always a, there's always one thing I will always say about Doctor Who, and I remember reading this when the Eighth Doctor movie came out. Somebody said this when you know when they said, "Oh my God, there's an American produced Doctor Who." Somebody always said something. And I will always remember. Remember, this is a show that has survived 
because of change. Yeah. So I mean, if 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 Troughton tried to play first doctor, yeah, William Hartnell, how he was, it would never have survived. Correct. Hmm. So I kind of have to reflect on myself. Am I being too old? Like you know, oh, the classic series, oh, the exploring. Is it okay that the doctor is going down this route with well, that? Am I just being too old about that? The guy is nine hundred years old. Mm. You got to think like, think of yourself at. Well, by now he's two thousand years well, old. Right. Think of yourself at twenty. And that's that's one problem I have. The too much of that extremism. Think stuff. of yourself at twenty, and now think of yourself now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a natural common sense progression of like our maturity, We're all our wisdom. Different people all throughout our lives, and that's good. You got to keep moving forward, <laughs> but you always have to remember all the people that you used to be. There you yeah. go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Matt you got Smith. it. And Matt that Smith. right, and that's that's why I think they're going with the character. It's like you can't ignore the fact of everything he's seen and done through so many years. He, you know, each each per- actor plays the character different, but the character itself, the doctor himself, is aging in each more experience, including the ones like you mentioned that we don't even see, you know, on screen that we're maybe we are just getting the mm-hmm. highlights. So there's so many more things that make him who he is. You know, may, you know, he could be more older, bitter, more crotchety, or he could be more, you know, like aloof because he's like man i've seen this before it's nothing to be worried about but everybody else would be worried mm. so yeah by the time he's peter capaldi he's like i'm the doctor i've lived for over two thousand years and not all of them have been good right <laughs> there you go so that's how i think how i'm accepting of it i i get what you're saying and i don't disagree with it. it it'd be nice to be more back to the roots of everything mm. But I don't know. I don't know if the modern audience would accept the roots as easily. It depends. It would have to be written very well to do it. Yeah. And I would say, see, I guess here's the way I would say. I always said that one of the comparisons I don't like about how the Doctor is how he is now is the current series. The Doctor lands. The TARDIS opens. Doctor Companion walks out. The Companion says, "Doctor, where where are we?" The Doctor says, "Well, we're on the planet Metabolus Three with such and such over here, and this, you know, the human colony has been established for such and such years." My idea of what I want Doctor is to be: the TARDIS lands. Doctor Companion comes out. Companion says, "Doctor, where are we?" The Doctor says, "I have no idea. Let's find out." Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Yeah, and then a, uses there, prior knowledge of other things yeah. to explain to, uh, to figure there, well, things out. Well, there's a couple out. times where I know for sure with Tennant that mm. things get they get pulled places where he doesn't know where it's going. Mm. Yeah. The TARDIS still they they very clearly establish with Matt Smith that the TARDIS has its own identity. Yeah, mm. and the Doctor's wife, which uh, I forgot the name of the writer, but he's Neil a, Gaiman. Yeah, yeah, he's a very Gaiman. Gaiman, however yeah, you pronounce that. He's a very big big name to be writing too, and yeah. a fan of the show. Yeah, but. You know, so it's very clear that the TARDIS has its own mind. So there are times where it does pull them where even the doctor's like, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I, I, yeah, a little more of that wouldn't be a bad thing either. Yeah. I agree. All right, gang. So that's it for now. It's Doctor Who, man. It's 50 years of uh, history for us to kind of mill over and go over here. So, uh, you know, it's going to take longer than the normal time we take for a podcast to get that all in. So I'm going to cut it off there and uh, we'll roll the rest of what we had to say about Doctor Who into uh, part two. And uh, that'll come up uh, next time for uh, episode 10. So uh, look forward to that uh, next week or in a couple weeks. I'm not exactly sure when I'll get that up there, but, uh, you know, it'll be up soon. If you enjoyed this episode, great. Just roll right into the next one uh, when I get to it. And if you liked what you heard, Hey, I say this every time. You know where to go. Podcast.rad.tv. 
My Facebook and Twitter links are there so you can uh, figure out how to stay informed and know when the next episodes are going to be. And uh, I appreciate you guys listening. And uh, we'll catch me and Mike Vallis and Coop next time for part two of our Doctor Who discussion. We'll hopefully see you then. <laughs>